Welcome back, everybody, to the PC Master Race podcast, where player choice is the best platform. This is episode 78, another 101, this time on storage and data management. My name is Dakota. My name's John. And my name is Jones. And I say this almost every single 101. This is a boring topic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're going to try to spice it up with some interjections and like some personal stories about our usage with these things. So how do you guys feel about storage <laughs> i am as as with everyone i want i'm ready to learn because i probably nice. don't know anything <laughs> well i think i think me too but literally i mean i know i one of the biggest things i think a lot of people especially new to pcs they get storage and memory confused like because a lot of people True. use it interchangeably like oh how much memory do you have it's like we know the difference but people are like oh yeah i have 16 gigs of memory it's like no no no. how much yeah how much storage do you have like 16 gigs it's like i thought yeah. we just talked about this like okay. well it doesn't help that sometimes when you go into best buy it's like oh this has 16 gigs of storage You're yeah like, mm, no it's that's like, memory it's like uh, technically technically he's got a point right yeah yeah <laughs> technically <laughs> he's not wrong the best is when you go to the employee and you're like, hey, do you have any like anything that has you know, like two terabytes of storage or whatever? And they're like, uh, hold on. And they pick up the little card. And they start reading and they're the same to, thing they're you're try- reading. And you're like, okay, so you don't know anything. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Ron, yeah, Ron uh, Swanson. Swanson, where he's walking through Home Depot. And it's some dude comes up to him and he's like, hey, do you need help with anything? Puts his hand up. I know more than you. Yeah, I know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just walks away. Uh, yeah. so before dakota moves on uh one thing you'll probably have noticed is that uh dakota and i probably sound way more different is that even the right phrasing of that? uh different just okay different. just different yeah we sound probably very different where you are well i previously last week switched to a new mic dakota's also switching to a new mic john still is using the same mic because he's about to audio skedaddle <laughs> skedaddle um but when he comes back he'll also be on the same thing so we all sound the same so we're in eventually this is a, three, this is a three-step program we're doing right now so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so if you so were- just bear with us uh we are also still working on the kind of vocal sound that we want from both of our new mics mm-hmm. and then eventually john's mic so bear with us we're going to be doing some tweaking here and there mm-hmm. it, it is definitely more of a radio sound yeah very deep mm-hmm. i don't personally like that but we're going to try to work yeah. on it i think I think overall, and the, once we once we find the right sound and everything, it will sound better because they are like better quality yeah. mics for sure. Like this, they're yeah. meant for doing what we're doing. Uh, we are just uh, trying because we're not professionals <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, yet. Yet, yet we are uh, professionals in training. There exactly. you go. I like it on this moderately successful podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, before we uh, jump into the main topic, I do just want to let everybody know there is timestamps down in the description if you want to jump around to that main topic because we do have some housekeeping to do beforehand. Uh, and then please remember while listening, if you do enjoy the content, you can leave us a review on your favorite platform for podcasts. And then also think about checking out our Patreon if you want to support us there. We do post uh, new episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Yeehaw Time. Yeehaw. Exactly. Jones, do we have any community events of note in the next like couple weeks? Um, we kind of do. Yeah, so we sort of launched one, I guess, yesterday as of recording, which would be last week when you guys are listening to this, if you're listening to it as time of re- uh, release. So... 
Uh, a lot of people, myself included, have uh, gained a lot of weight over the, especially over the past year with COVID and everything, like pandemic. Everybody's like staying home, you know. And then Uber Eats exists, and, and uh, what's the DoorDash? Is that just mm-hmm. called DoorDash? DoorDash? I always yeah, get there's that. a bunch of them. Hubgrub always... or Grubhub. Hub, 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 Hub. <laughs> it's Hubgrub, <laughs> the bootleg one. Hubgrub from uh, Lord's Jukis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jabba the Hut Grub. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically we're kind of doing like a, uh, PCMR cast initiative, uh, to lose weight and get gains. So that is actually a community event that is a realistic, uh, and real, wait, what's the word actually beneficial to you in real life or, oh, okay. yeah, Yeah. It actually, the benefits are in real life and not just, uh, in video games and on the podcast. I mean, and technically else. you could view it as leveling up exactly. IRL. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You're changing your stats. Exactly. IRL. We're getting better stats. We're all, we're all getting better stats. So, uh, we are working on, we have it kind of released. Like we've made a pretty nice spreadsheet actually to track like your starting weight and then your height and all that stuff. And then basically what your goal wants to be. And if you don't know this, if you're just listening and you haven't joined the Discord, I highly suggest joining the Discord because that's where all of our community events are held anyways. But on top of that, we have a really, really good community, like a really tight-knit community. But they're always open to more people joining and coming and hanging out. And everybody is actually really supportive of each other. And usually people that aren't supportive of each other don't last very long in the Discord because uh, they just don't. That's just just something that happens. Um so with that being said, if that's something you are even remotely interested in, because we all have goals that we want to achieve, right? And I, I'm trying to figure out ways to make it fun. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to go play Battlefield. Every time you die, go do five push-ups or something. You know what I mean? Do something to keep you active on top okay. of... Side, side note, mm-hmm. right? My friend who was going into the Marines after high school, he and I played video games a lot. And, you know, back then we were both in like decent shape yeah you know we we weren't overweight and we did a little bit of activities outside so we were like we were all right for our age and uh so he basically to the summer before going Mm -hmm. he swapped out his like lazy man chair that he used for gaming basically Mm -hmm. for a medicine ball yeah and then every time he died playing battlefield because that's the game that we played Mm -hmm. he would do push-ups he would do 10 Mm -hmm. push-ups every single every single time he died and yeah. he got jacked. <laughs> we're only <laughs> he also playing, did some other stuff too, but we're only like that Operation. was the main thing because he would spend hours playing video games and he mm-hmm. was like, well, I'm not just going to sit around doing nothing. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think the thing, the, the thing is too is that one, we have a really good group of people that all kind of want to see each other achieve goals. And two, it's going to be a lot uh, harder for you to get away with just doing absolutely nothing if you signed up for it. Because if you get on True. and I'm playing Battlefield... And I'm and you get on to play Battlefield, and I say, "Hey, did you go work out today?" And you say, "No," and I'm gonna just kick you from the Discord, <laughs> tell you to go work out. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like we have the abilities to motivate each other in a good way, in like a meaningful way. Yeah. Not, you know, it's not like, oh, you're super strict and all that. It's like, hey, the rules are completely up to you. This is more of like a support group, self self responsibility, but also like friends being a kid, like I. Making you, you accountable, accountable. Yep. to a to an extent to an extent, to an extent. we understand exactly. like life is life but the i think it'll be a good event is getting started and if you have yep. friends helping you with it it's that much easier yeah, yeah. exactly we and actually have people who work out not just for personal like use yeah. but like they actually know what they're doing <laughs> yeah exactly 
So, that's, so we have some good advice in there. Yeah, and that's realistically the only like big community event that we're just kind of launching. And it's like, hey, this is our first thing that we're doing that is something that you're actually going to be doing something in real life and listening to the show. So if that is something you're interested in, then like for sure let us know. Join the Discord and sign up for that because it's uh it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a metric crap ton of hard work, and I am not looking forward to it because I am I'm on the top of that list of people that need to drop some COVID weight and just you know all the other weight from all the other years that we don't talk about. <laughs> COVID's a really. I good think it'll e- be good though. Twenty twenty is a good positive excuse. for everybody that that does it. So yeah, and and we're looking cool. for fun ways to spice it up. Just just adding, you know, like in in Discord achievements or something. We'll figure out something to make yeah. it more interesting for everybody that's participating. Yeah, nice. That's pretty much it. Awesome. So we're gonna move into what we've been playing. Uh, we'll start with Jones because John and I have been playing. Uh, something similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, two things real quick that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I bought Star Wars Episode One Racer because we had our LucasArts video or podcast episode. Episode, episode? dude. I, today my brain. I've been staying on the sun too much during the week. My brain is <laughs> Your like brain cooked. Is melting, it's dude. not working. So, uh, we we talked about LucasArts a ton and everything, right? So I was like, oh man. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer is like three dollars on Steam. I was like, heck yeah. yeah! So I bought it, and I was and that, playing. That's a 2015 re-release, isn't it? 2018. It's 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it's really funny because you put it in your resolution. You know, I'm I'm running 1080, and the all the videos, the cutscene videos, are like tiny in the middle of your screen because they're all playing for like N64 era videos. Yeah. But the sound still is really good. The gameplay, it still plays really good. The turning and all that, like. I played through the first, like, you know, the, just like Mario, they have, like, you circuits. You played it for a while. I play, Yeah, I played for, like, almost an hour, basically, like, through the first, like, seven tracks. Destroyed the competition. Absolutely demolished them. The game is holds up. It's really fun. I was cracking up. Watto, uh, the guy that sells you parts, is super funny in the game. The fact that we didn't have more pod racing stuff after Phantom Menace is just, like, it's a tragedy. It's a trap. It yeah, really is. Tragedy, for because sure. Because pod racing is probably like one of the coolest things that came out of the prequels. Yeah. People yeah. crap on it because it, was, it wasn't it was really Star Wars, whatever. I don't care if it wasn't Star sure. Wars. It was just it, cool as is. Yeah. What? You got, you're literally strapping a tiny cockpit to two jet engines. <laughs> yeah, basically. And praying to God that the electricity between them holds. Yeah, plus the dude had so many midichlorians. That's the only reason he could do it as a human. Exactly. And I'm, I, I want to say I remember that Anakin's pod racer is actually one of the fastest in the whole game, if I remember correctly. Mm. Well, other than, other than the four-engine guy. <laughs> the four-engine well, one was, was the fastest, but it was super hard to control. Yeah there's, yeah, there's some guy that has like the fastest, but it's also like... Oh, you're really fast, but you have like terrible turning radius and all that stuff. Because you can like buy upgrades and stuff. Yeah, that's that's the guy whose his pod race explodes in the in the movie. Yeah. That has four engines. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's just crazy that it seems like there's more customization going on in Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer than there is in Star Wars Squadrons that literally just came out. Probably oh, there is. there's a lot. <laughs> there is. <laughs> that's upsetting. <laughs> that's because like I can actually go switch out parts and buy upgrades and stuff as I'm playing. And it's like squadrons, like you can buy cosmetics that don't matter or do anything. You can change what you can change, like your keychain in your cockpit that no one ever sees. Wow, crazy! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we already did the Luke Starts episode, and that every how everything went downhill. Uh, the only thing I was going to talk about really quick too is uh, I bought Dragon Ball Z Kekrot. This all because Steam Summer Sale is happening. 
Um, and big Dragon Ball Z fan I have been for a long time, and I wanted to play it because Xenoverse one and two came out, and they're kind of like bouncing around with their story. They have like, their own story. You can make a character, whatever. But this actually follows the story of Goku, like through okay. his through his life and through the, all the original Dragon Ball Z sagas. And you like play some different characters, but you mainly play Goku, obviously the main character of Dragon Ball Z. Um, but I've only played like 30, 45 minutes of it so far. And it's like, it's super cutscene heavy. Just like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm playing through Dragon Ball Z filler episodes right now. It's basically what's <laughs> happening. Yikes. But, but they do have built in like fast forward and autoplay for the text. But it's all voice acted and everything, too. So it's like you can skip it. But it's like, OK, it's kind of like if you're you kind of know what you're signing up for from the get go. The parts where I was actually fighting and exploring because it's kind of like an open world where I was doing that. I enjoyed. I was like, OK, this is pretty this is pretty cool. Like the fighting felt good. You know, doing Kamehameha's and all that stuff feels good and flying yeah. around exploring. And like they have collectibles everywhere. So I'm like, oh, God, it's been so long just flying around collecting all these Dragon Ball orb things. It's like, oh, but uh, yeah, I will uh come back to you when i've played that a little bit more and see awesome. see nice. how i see how i feel after a few more hours of it and see if it gets better it definitely looked like the type of game where it's like it's based off an anime franchise mm-hmm. and it's an open world and the open world is just kind of void but mm-hmm. to fill that in they just put a lot of collectibles yeah yeah it's a very but common formula <laughs> that's also kind of like drag ball i mean and it's made by the same people that made all the like the naruto games and like bandai namco or whoever right. really uh, well that makes sense yeah. then yeah it's the, it's the same formula but uh it does have really good reviews it's like upper 80s even on steam yeah so i heard like, it got good reviews and, it, and apparently yeah. for what it is i mean i paid 20 bucks for it and it has like a pretty long story i think it's like a 30 or 40 hour story with no dlc wow. and it has a lot of dlc because it's a it's an actual like RPG like your character levels up and gets a skill tree and you actually get to pick your skills and stuff that you want. That's neat. So it's nice. so it's not just like oh you're Goku and now you're a monkey now you're Super Saiyan now you're Super Saiyan level two. It's like yeah that's yeah. happening but you kind of get to customize your to your play style from what I can see. All right now we're excited. What have you guys been playing? So I've been playing Sekiro. I talked about last week a little bit how I was actually kind of liking it. I have completely changed my mind. I. Really? How many hours do you have in it? About seven, a little over seven hours. I've been playing it. Um, I've killed a couple bosses, mostly mini bosses, but I have killed one of the main bosses who actually was not hard because Dakota watched me beat him. And I oh, uh, was that the guy on the horse? Yeah, so that's one of the major bosses. Yeah, he was easy. The, there was like a at least with, you made it look easy. <laughs> he he was compared to the mini bosses. I did. I beat yeah. him first try. Um, oh, that was your first. Oh. Sh- Oh boy! Uh, and good, but the mini bosses destroyed me. Like you watched me try to kill this. It's like a giant like ox with like its like with like. This, oh yeah, and his he, horns are on fire. Yeah, he destroyed me and multiple times, multiple multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> and uh, Dakota and I have talked about this before, but I was kind of, which is stupid. But I was going in wanting a Dark Souls game, and it is not a Dark Souls game it's at not. even. Not even close. And it's made by the same people, and that's pretty much the only thing that's similar about it, other than like when you you rest, you reset all the enemies, stuff like that. But what I've come to to conclude, which probably gonna piss people off because I know there's people that really like this game, but the game looks too similar. Everything looks exactly the same. Um that all the building it's all like that that uh 
Japanese know, traditional, Japanese, yeah, tradi- yeah, traditional uh, temple and village stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I get lost a lot. And I'm like, okay, everything looks the same. I just kind of keep on going. I'm able to make it through, but um, I'm not a fan of the stealth and how you like it is a stealthy game and you can kill stuff wow. stealth, like stealthily but all the enemies get alerted and then they're all going to hit you and there's always uh range people in there that do a lot of damage and then you have to reset them they walk slowly backwards for like a minute and then they reset and then you go kill one more person and then it just and that's probably the wrong way to do it but that's how i play it and because i don't want to fight three or four people at the same time and because you can't Unless you're like mult, like doing multi-targeting, like where you're you're clicking over to the mm-hmm. next person, you 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 just ha- it's it's hard. It's a very very yeah. difficult game. Um, and Dakota's watched me play a couple times the past couple of days, and I am just struggling with this game. And I'm by no means like expert at games to begin with, but it's it's gotten to where it's like, man, I I'm just not having fun. And from what Obro was telling us, the game is long too, mm-hmm. and twenty nine hours to get through the main story, at least, at least. And, and 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 he even said that he spent probably almost double that to beat it. Yeah. Yep. Because of how hard he it spent is. exactly double fifty eight hours mm-hmm. beating it. So, <laughs> I, I I'm just not having. I, every time I reset myself, I'm like, all right, I'm having fun again, and then I get to the next mini boss, and it's like. Oh my gosh, like today I was trying to get to a mini boss who's surrounded by enemies, so I have to clear them all out. And there was like two enemies left before I got to the mini boss out of like eight, eight or nine or whatever. And I went into some grass because they were alerted. I went into some grass, went under a house and went through grass on the other side and I was just waiting. And then I got an alert that an enemy was hitting me and he followed me through the glass, through the, the grass underneath the house on the other side of the grass and followed me up there. He like, he still knew where I was. <laughs> And nice. I was like, okay, this this is getting stupid. And it well, it's become too frustrating for me. Like I, I was like, you know, I'm leaving really soon. I was like, I really wanted to beat this. And I was like, I need to play something that I'm gonna enjoy. And so I actually I switched to Star Wars Knights of the Republic too. So I'm a, <laughs> but I, I don't I'm know. I'm glad I, I got everybody playing Star Wars games after last week's episode. Yeah. It makes much. me feel good. I and I know Dakota has a lot to say about this too. I just it's it's got it's, its it's got its cool points. When you're actually able to deflect and hit stuff, it's rewarding. But man, like going through all the enemies to get to these many bosses and then them just killing you and you have to do it all over again, over and over again. Which Dark Souls did a great job of. I don't think there was many bosses in that game. From what I remember, there was a couple. There's a couple, but but not like they were never surrounded by enemies like this. And yeah. when you got to the bosses, you walked right into the boss. Which this one you can do, like the the horse guy. Uh, mm-hmm. if I died, I just had to jump over and go to a go to his area if I needed to. But yeah, um, I know I fought. I I came. I skipped an area on accident and came to this one of the main bosses, and she's beating the crap out of me. And the butterfly lady, yeah, the, the butterfly one? lady. And you, I beat her first thing, and I was like, oh, cool, I killed her. And then she comes back with another health bar, and then she summons like uh these ghost people, and you have to use an item to make them go away. And I've never been a fan of multi- of fighting multiple enemies in a boss fight anyway, which use a, a thing to make them go away. But that a problem I know Dakota has, which I also do, is is item usage in the game is really bugging me. Like, I need to. You can have like five items, and you have to hit the D pad 
mm-hmm. to switch them. So if and that's where your healing is and everything. So I have to sit there and click the D-pad while I'm fighting a boss who's constantly hitting you. And you know, like in Dark Souls, there's very it's very uh, choreographed. Like they <clears throat> they do certain moves, and you and you know you're gonna have a second. And this one kind of does, but they're always trying to hit you. Yeah, not with stuff. So you have to dodge away, hit them, and get time it just right for them not to hit you. And then uh, I don't know, I'm just I'm not I'm just not enjoying it. And it's so what you're saying is every aspect of the game you don't enjoy. Uh, quite honestly, yeah, I I'm well, not finding anything I really like about it. And well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, hey, this is a from software game, but this is basically just like stealth Souls like game. Souls like. No. Souls like no, in the huh? No, I'll rip it apart as well. Okay, I'm saying Souls like in the aspect of hey, when you when you rest, you reset enemies. That's like one of the okay, main. Yeah. That's like one of the main caveats. Like you reset, you refill your health potions, you reset monsters whenever you rest. That's like one of the main, uh, I guess, like points of it being a Souls like thing is that all the enemies reset they don't yeah. just like you kill an area you know and i'm that's and i'm like fine a, with that because dark souls did it and i i didn't mind that at all but yeah it one of the big things that really surprised me is that every once in a while randomly when you die it gives you permanent debuffs and like there's like a sickness or something and i think there's a way it's to get rid of rot, it i think yeah dragon rot and I, when that happened i was like oh you've got to be kidding me like there's i'm actually getting punished and in this game you don't go pick up your souls or whatever whenever you die. It's just yeah. gone. And like half your money's gone. And I had like a couple thousand money and I I, I didn't realize it, but I lost everything eventually because I was dying over and over again. And then it's just, I was like, I never in a game like this should there be any type of punishment for dying. Other than like in Dark Souls, you can just go pick it back up. No big deal. Like mm-hmm. that's at least something that gives you a chance to get back what you earned. Mm-hmm. This one, like you can buy like this money sacks or something, but to have a permanent debuff where like, oh, you're getting less when you die. Because I think that what the Dragon Rod does, it keeps you from resing with some experience or something. But um, it, yeah, I, I cannot believe they put that in the game. And I like I said, I know people <laughs> love this game to death. It's just, it is not for me. And I know Dakota has a lot to say about it. Yeah, I think... I, it's- Sorry, I was gonna say I think you want to play Ghost of Tsushima, not Sekiro. Yes, probably. So I think that's so. the game. That's the game that we actually want to play, but we got Sekiro on PC, so we tried that instead. Well, I went to go buy Ghost of Tsushima on PC, but then my mom was like, "No, we already have that at home." And then I ended up playing Sekiro. Oh, <laughs> rip. <laughs> we just, I, I just wanted Japanese Dark Souls. That's all I wanted. But uh, yeah, real quick before he, I, I did start playing. Star Wars today, and I just I'm loving it already. I I love that Knights of the Republic. I did two, and uh, <clears throat> it man, I loving it already. I the simplicity of just going and hitting any like the, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons Star Wars. It's exactly mm-hmm. what it is, and I'm nice. I'm loving it already. I love the the talking, like just sitting there reading all the 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 uh, dialogue, going through computers and like watching audio logs and and all these things. It's just, I just love it so far, and nice. it, it's. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 making me happy playing this game. Couture, good. Couture is good is good stuff. Yeah, you should play a game that you enjoy, not a game yeah. that you are frustrated playing. Yep. Yeah. So, John, I think last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, had said something about playing Sekiro before he leaves, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, dude, I've always also wanted to play that. If it goes on sale during the Steam Summer Sale, I'll grab it." So I yeah. did, 
and I started playing it when John started playing it. And I rage quit like two or three times already in that mm-hmm. game. So basically everything John said about the game is true. But like the game has game systems on top of game systems on top of game systems that all contradict one another. Whereas like a Souls-like game, right? Dark Souls and even Bloodborne, they have a system in place where, you know, take for instance, the easiest thing is dying, right? Yeah. In in the other Dark Souls games, you die and you lose your souls, but they're you're able to pick them back up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a give and take with that. If you're good enough, yeah. you can get them back. Yeah. So it's yeah. it doesn't just strip stuff away from you. It mm-hmm. gives you a chance to redeem yourself. Yeah. Right. It, it's it all about it, getting better. It sucks, but it it doesn't it doesn't fully unless you die two times in a row. It does give you a chance to yeah right it, try. It's again. fair. It's yeah. fair. That's the thing. Yeah. They're like, okay, this game is hard. Right. You're going to die. You're going to lose stuff when you die. But if you're good enough, if you can calm down, you can pace yourself. You can get your stuff back. Right. You're not yeah. screwed out of that. This game constantly fights itself on what it wants to do with the player because it has, you know, when you die, you know, you lose half of your money. There's no way to get that back. Mm -hmm. And then it also has a, a, a res feature in it where if you, if you deal enough damage and kill enough people, you can get a self resurrect Mm -hmm. and then you can resurrect yourself after you die. Cool. Why would I need that? I've already died, right? Yeah, And then I'm going to res myself. I'm going to have low health or whatever. I'm fighting an enemy enemy that's already hard enough. And then if I resurrect myself again, I'm going to die again. And I get reset back again. I've already lost that stuff. I can't get it back. Right. Like it just, it's not fair. It -hmm. just takes stuff away from you. Okay. And then when John's talking about going through your inventory, they change button layouts in this unlike the other Souls-like games, right? Mm-hmm. Where they all had a very similar button yeah. layout. Yeah. Scrolling through your inventory is all done on the D-pad. Using an item is on the D-pad, which means you have to take your finger off of the move mechanic or yeah. the, the move thumbstick if you're playing on a controller. That's life or death right there. Like, yeah. trying to reach that with, your, with the thumb that you use for the camera is mm-hmm. really hard to do. Yeah. And so when you have to cycle through all of your items to get to your health item to then use that item and then switch back to an item that you need during a fight, it's just clunky. Yeah. It's very, very clunky. It's not intuitive. I do not enjoy that aspect. Uh, the stealth mechanics in this game, the game doesn't know if it wants to be a stealth game or if it wants to be a game where it actively pushes you towards combat, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you get into a combat situation, a one-on-one fight, is okay. It's hard. Pairing in the game doesn't work half the time. Button prompts don't work half the time. Uh, but if you get in a one-on-one fight, some enemies, pretty easy. Harder enemies, it's a fair fight for the most part, right? Yeah. If there's another enemy in the system, it breaks the combat. The combat is just <laughs> done. You can't yeah. juggle more than one enemy because they even tell you jumping and dashing away because there's no roll is not effective in this game. They straight up tell you, you will get hit. So yeah. when you're fighting somebody and two of them attack at the same time from two different angles, there's no way to not get hit in that situation. Yeah. The combat system completely falls apart when there's more than one character. And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, because combat is really difficult, right? And you want to one-on-one people. If you stealth kill somebody, you can one-hit kill anybody. And if you mm-hmm. one-hit ki- or if you stealth attack a boss it will take one of their health bars away. 
mm-hmm. right? So then one of their stages yeah. is already gone for. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. Except if you're <laughs> crouching in a in a tall grass area and mm-hmm. you go to stealth kill somebody, it doesn't remember your last player like action position. position. Like if you're crouched and you go to kill somebody, it doesn't crouch you down again. You're standing. So enemies immediately spot you. Mm-hmm. So like the whole stealth mechanic there doesn't work. And stealth and then, killing doesn't isn't quiet either. Everybody it's gets not alerted. Quiet. Everybody gets alerted if they're if they're close enough. So two things right there counter or uh basically ruin your stealth mechanic, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. What happens they're- when you get spotted, right? Well, you have to run away from enemies and hide behind an object. But it doesn't matter because if you hide behind an object, there's no system in place for enemies to know your last known location. They will track you through walls. Mm-hmm. So if you jump over the other side of a ledge and you just hang there and then you want to move to the left or the right to try to like wrap around the enemy, it doesn't yeah. work because the enemy will see you through the wall and track you. And then they, they hang on to where you, your character is for like a minute i'm not even joking it's like 60 seconds where you have to wait for them to reset it's so many things about this game just don't make sense when you put them together do do you think that now that you've played quite a bit do you think that a lot of people i mean Sekiro got game of the year when it came out like like a lot from a lot of not everywhere but from a lot of places got game of the year do you think a lot of it um is because of just from software's name and yes. that it's like a it's a new game from them yeah and it's just it's just yep. playing off of their old stuff and you know i guarantee you a lot of those people like that gave their award probably didn't play through the whole game because they probably couldn't get through the whole game you know what i mean like a lot of I people mean, that i do- don't i don't want to discredit people you know like if they said they played through the whole game sure they played through the whole game you know i'm not well, going to discredit them i we yeah. some journalists don't play through the whole thing and and, and they give it a rating anyway but like, well, there's a lot of journalists that don't play through easy games. There's yeah, true. even more journalists <laughs> you think that play through the entire game of Sekiro. Yeah. And if and if you guys are struggling, because I played it too and I struggled with it and I stopped playing because I was like, this game sucks. Right. It doesn't but suck. Obro it doesn't finished it and he yeah. didn't enjoy the game. He his also, review yeah, was yeah. yeah. His review was like, hey, I played through it. It was an OK game. I would never recommend it to anybody. Yeah. That's he said that- that's terrible. That's he a terrible that he, review. He lost like mental sanity after beating it. He's yeah, like, he it said I would, where... I would have much rather spent that time playing a game I enjoyed. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too is like, at least when when I think all three of us probably agree when we're playing Dark Souls. Like when I was playing Dark Souls, like there was plenty of moments where I got really frustrated and had to stop playing, it, but I wanted to come back to it and keep playing because I was enjoying the game. Right? Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I felt like I was enjoying the game at certain parts certain because parts it's sucked. fair. It's because, fair when yeah. you get hit. For yeah. the most part, you're like, that was my bad, right? Yeah. Sometimes there's like a yeah. glitched animation or, or something like that. Or yeah. this game, just stuff just doesn't work. Yeah. I know um, one thing that bothers me, like Dark Souls, you have a roll. You roll and you block yeah. and that is it. Like there's That's no, the mechanic. That is That's... the mechanic of fighting. In this game, right. there's some like unblockables you have to jump over. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand that. I did that in the surge and I never used it. I just yeah. backed away. The, and the thing is, when they do that, right, they they flash death on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. The symbol for death. Yeah. It's the same symbol for all three different attacks where it could be a lunge, it could be a sweep, or it could be like a uh, like a slam down. Mm-hmm. It's the same symbol, the same color for all of those attacks. 
And if you put that in the center of your screen before an enemy in the center of your screen attacks, I cannot see how they're going to attack me to figure out what I need to do. I'm, I'm too old to, to be able to read that. <laughs> and I know uh, I was complaining to Jones that um, a lot of the attacks are locked onto you. So I know you fight like this troll guy yeah. and he lunges at you. And if you dodge to the right, in midair, he, he follows floats you. to the right, yeah. And that's what didn't... What was the Surge did that, I think? Or one of those... Because Dark yeah, Souls so. does not do that. Or Dark, no, it's Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 does that. But the Aww. other Dark Souls games don't. So, like, if an enemy swipes at you, you dodge roll the way, and he will hit in the direction he started. In Sekiro, they follow you. And so the Dark Souls 2 did that, too, because I, I could never get... It was hard to get backstabs because they followed you yeah. so much. Right. And for an enemy to jump midair and then change his direction in midair lunging at you i was like come on yeah that's well, so stupid yeah yeah basically, so we're not enjoying sekiro no <laughs> basically uh as everyone said sekiro, Sek- however you want to say it. sekiro sekiro uh both of those games are really hard to pronounce and really hard to play basically yeah i mean we're all just like jones said we're all, we all just want ghosts of tsushima Su- yeah, another game i can't say Ghost of Sushi. I just want Bloodborne remastered on the PC. Also, Bloodborne. Yes, give me Bloodborne, please. You guys think you want Bloodborne, but there's no I do want Bloodborne. in that game either. There's no nope, shield. I want it's Bloodborne. All, it's just a pistol. It's, it's a pistol and a blunderbuss, which stuns. Mm, Don't buy the pistol. The pistol is, is made I've, for kiting people. Oh, I know. I've played. The blunderbuss is made it. for stunning. I've played about two hours and beat the first boss. Stunning yeah. is... Yes, yes, technically. I'd rather have a shield <laughs> to block. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, right. I, f- I feel I get the same feeling uh, playing Sekiro as you would get playing Dark Souls 2, where it's just like, I feel like the game director was just not at his best and I, making it, this. It reminds me of playing Ninja Gaiden on, uh, what would I play that on, like the PlayStation forever ago? Yeah. That was impossible. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I can't beat this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Even the director that made Sekiro said that they base it basically off of Tenchu, which is basically like a, oh, a, game, wow. a game that came what? out before Ninja Gaiden 2. It's basically like a really hard, a really, really, really hard stealth like assassin type of game. Well, they failed on the stealth aspect. Yeah, yeah. they they have an identity crisis over there at yeah. From Software. So quickly, we spent a little bit too much time on Sekiro. Uh, I also played Star Wars Squadrons. I, I rage quit playing Sekiro and then I just immediately started up Star Wars Squadrons. It's fun. I enjoy it. Uh I'm not playing the multiplayer, excuse me, uh which Jones and I played, which was awful. It was bad. Uh and mostly it was awful because the the flying around doesn't feel super great in the mm-hmm. in the game that you you can only fly around. The reason, <laughs> yeah. so I played the the single player more to figure out why. There's mm-hmm. no dead zone in the center. Yeah. So the mouse is super sensitive. If you move it to the left and it would go past like the center of the screen, you immediately turn left. There's Ooh. no dead zone. It, it, yeah. yeah. In a flying game, especially in a game that is in six degrees of, of freedom, where in mm-hmm. space, you need that dead zone so that your mouse can rest in the center of your screen. Yeah. This game doesn't have that. I tested it. I played with the mouse, like adjusting things in the settings. It doesn't have a dead zone. Yeah. So that's that's the hard part about flying in this game. I'm sure getting a Hotas, it'd, it'd be better. But story wise, single player wise, I am enjoying it. It's a good Star Wars game. Cool. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to finish that by by the next podcast. And then I also, right before playing this podcast, downloaded a free shooter called Splitgate. It's a mix between Portal, Halo, and Unreal. 
I was having a blast. And I'm trying to get the, the rest of the Discord to download it so that we can play it together. But uh, I feel like that's a good... I mean, it's free to play, so it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And it was only like nine gigs. Yeah. It was, I, mm. I enjoyed it. I know Jones played it when it first oh, came out. Probably like six to eight months ago, maybe? like a Something while. like that. Yeah. yeah. The gunplay mechanic is satisfying, in my opinion. When you hit somebody and kill them, it makes a satisfying noise. And I saw on Reddit earlier today that they're getting like a visual overhaul of the game and like mm-hmm. a big update soon, which yeah. is why I downloaded it because I totally forgot about the game. And so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to play it some more. Maybe next week so, I'll have some more info so did, on it. So did everyone else. That's because maybe because when your game is in pre pre alpha, you shouldn't push as an esports title. Yeah, that's because yeah, that's that what they mistake. were trying to do. They said this is the next big esport. You know how to no. not have your game be an esport claiming that it's an esport before anyone's playing it <laughs> yeah i don't Sunny of my consulting business of why people make horrible mistakes when they're gaming their games in general yeah i agree yeah that's a bad move that's a move bad move cotton we'll see how it plays out <laughs> not great probably cool so let's jump into the main topic then if you guys are ready yep this is going to be very info heavy so cool. get ready buckle up Info heavy, so get ready. So, we are going to be talking about storage and data management, okay? So, on the storage side first, we're going to be going over some, like, basic storage knowledge. Most of you may know it, Mm -hmm. but we're going to clarify some things because we do kind of touch on it throughout the the entire topic. So, we just need everybody to be caught up on it. Sure. Take, take take if you're listening go ahead and take notes it'll be on the test later yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like all of our other 101s you need to listen to them all in a row and then the test will be at the end of the year it's like sat prep <laughs> <laughs> yeah how to build a computer do you pass you yeah. need a license now to build a computer and Ooh, we're, we're just helping good, you study be good <laughs> cool so starting out with storage <clears throat> storage uh is unlike memory um I dude, I don't I copied some of this stuff from from Wikipedia. I obviously didn't pre-read it. <laughs> Proofread it. <laughs> okay, storage, unlike memory, uh refers to the location of short-term data uh which is volatile. So memory gets deleted when your computer gets turned off. Storage does not. Uh storage is the component of your computer that allows you to store and access data on the long-term basis, which is called non-volatile. Usually storage comes in the form of a solid state a drive or a hard disk drive so an ssd or an hdd but Mm -hmm. hdd is really hard to say so i'm going to say hard drive (laughs) okay got it (laughs) okay so some pretty basics about storage is the different storage sizes right okay so storage is all made up of ones and zeros those are called bits there are eight bits in a byte right so a byte yeah, <laughs> B-Y-T-E. Uh, okay. There's, there, there's going to be a variation of uh, random like ones and zeros depending on like what you want that byte to be. Mm-hmm. One byte is enough to hold one typed character. Like if you type the letter A, if you type the capital letter A, if you type mm-hmm. the number three or type a question mark, each okay. one of those characters is one byte. Gotcha. Right? One kilobyte or KB is a thousand bytes. Okay. Okay. One megabyte is a thousand kilobytes or one million bytes. Okay. 
one gigabyte is 1000 megabytes or a billion bytes. And it gets crazy, dude. <laughs> I was, when I was looking up the numbers for these, I was like, this is insane. How much, how many yeah. like ones and zeros your, your storage devices actually hold? One terabyte is 1000 gigabytes, right? Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. It's also one trillion bytes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of zeros there, bud. Uh, then a petabyte, which mm-hmm. do you guys know what a petabyte is? Mm hmm. It's a thousand, thousand terabytes. <laughs> that was, that was. I was making sure you knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. Okay. I didn't want to. You know, tell you the answer. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You know, just jump in when you when you know it. What's coming next? <laughs> so a petabyte is one with fifteen zero be- zeros behind it. Bytes. That's how many bytes it is. I didn't want to look up the word for that, but it has fifteen oh, okay. zeros behind. It's one it. to the fifteenth power. Yeah. Bytes. And then just for fun, Bytes. I looked up uh, what's higher than a petabyte. Um, and basically, you just like it's a thousand of the previous thing behind it, right? So mm-hmm. it goes petabyte and then it goes exabyte, zettabyte, which is a billion terabytes, mm-hmm. right? Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, which is insane. And then it goes to a yottabyte, mm. which is Y O T T A. I thought that was funny. We must have. <laughs> Lots of storage we must have. <laughs> I will store so, all of my info on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you must not see it, Luke. Please delete my history <laughs> when I so die. How much? How much? Yeah. <laughs> Luke. Luke, throw it into the swamp. You must. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait. So a zettabyte is a billion terabytes. Yeah. So I need an MVME of that. How much would that cost? Yeah, that'll cost you a cool, like, I don't like know, 50 size, years until we get there. Basically, like, the size of my room would be the size of the power supply to power that hard drive. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I do have some history in here for hard drives, and we do okay. get to how big they used to be, which is... Oh, yeah. Which is big insane boys. that we used to... Yeah. How big of a space such little storage took up back in the day it's mm. crazy that we've gotten to where we are yeah it's nuts <clears throat> so and then i have a little bit of a summary here yeah your pc has a lot of ones and zeros in it that make up your porn collection <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to learn more about uh your storage um and why like the number that you bought like one terabyte isn't the mm. actual number that you get when you put it in your system you know when you buy a one yeah. terabyte hard drive you put it in your system it's like 930 gigs of usable storage uh there's a really good tech quickie video on youtube uh called how much space do you really have and it goes into why that is because when we say like a thousand terabytes it's not actually a thousand terabytes like there it's some extra on top of that and then there's like overhead that's like accounted for and stuff like that so it's an interesting video if you want to learn more and it's like five minutes long because even even like a two terabyte is like one point eight one, I believe, is what you actually exactly. Get of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and it's then you're like, I weird feel how like they I've do been it. bamboozled. What happened? <laughs> yeah. I bought two terabytes, and I someone <laughs> took like someone took some of it away already. Yeah, what they ten percent's the <laughs> gone, just like that. Taxes on these hard drives. Taxes are the, on these hard drives. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So it it was a good video because when I was looking through the different sizes and stuff like that. Uh, I found that video and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Nice. So 
going into the different types of storage that you can have. There's hard disk drives, Mm -hmm. which we'll go into. There's optical disks, which we'll cover a little bit, but we're not going to cover them in depth because they're almost dead at this point. Almost ancient. Yeah. There's flash memory, which we'll go into. And then there's linear tape open. Or LTOs. Do you guys, okay, off the top of your head before we actually cover that, because I'm going to cover that a little bit. Do you guys know what that is? Nope. Are those those giant spools they use back in the day? Or is this something current or is this something old? This is current. Oh, this is current? Oh, yikes. I'm thinking of this giant film ribbon, like Hollywood movie film reel size and they're like oh yeah the stuff that they have in the back megabyte (laughs) it looks like an exposed cassette player yeah yeah Yeah. it's just like (laughs) that's holding all of the government secrets yeah our nuke our our, the codes for our nukes are on there (laughs) and you gotta go there like splice the data out and there's like some guy taking off he's like he stole the recipe for everlasting cop stoppers (laughs) it's mr slug it's slugworth what's his name slugworth (laughs) it's quicker but candy is dandy (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll go uh i'll quickly go over two of them that we won't be focusing on a whole lot which is open disc and uh sorry optical disc and uh linear tape open and i'll be talking more about hard disk drives and flash memory so quickly i'll go over the ones we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on first one is optical discs right you guys know this as cds dvds and blu-rays these are the disc medias that most of you guys know, uh, they're flat disc, sorry, they're flat circular platters uh, that usually only have written data on one side, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have a cool logo or graphic on the other side. Or yeah. uh, the other side, you can write stuff on it and you can never make out what the Sharpie says. Ooh. Yep. 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 Summer 04 <laughs> mix. That's something uh, like <laughs> nobody after the age of, I don't know, like after like 2005 ever had to deal with. Mm-mm. Yeah, burn, burning CDs. When you when you're flipping through your in your car, you're flipping yeah. through your your CD and all, and bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you pick something up and just a sharpie is smeared. <laughs> you have yeah, no idea like, what it is. Rah. Like what is this? Oh, sweet Lincoln Park. Yeah, <laughs> crawling in my skin. <laughs> uh, this media was introduced back in the '80s, and we did cover this in one of our uh, PC histories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1980s to 1990s. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Uh, yeah. It was hu- used pretty heavily up until the late tw- uh, 2000s when flash media had an explosion in popularity um, thanks to higher capacities and smaller form factors because yeah. discs never really got smaller. There was mini yeah. discs at one point, Ooh, but GameCube they were, yeah, they GameCube, were mini. Baby. Yeah. Oh, the Game, GameCube, GameCube used them. It's the only one that used them. And the PSP. Oh, yeah, the PSP used The PSP disc. had a disc player in the back. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. I remember it. And then the Wii went to regular size discs. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, went, that sucked. Well, All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. It was a bad idea. So, a little aside, I kind of think that the iPhone back in 2007 when that first mm-hmm. launched was kind of... Not the catalyst for flash media taking off or flash storage taking off, but I do think that was one of the things that really boosted the popularity of flash storage. Now, obviously, huh. phones before then, like Blackberries and stuff, had flash mm. storage in them, but yeah. iPhone and iPod, when they mm. moved over to flash storage, like the Nano oh, yeah. and stuff, like mm-hmm. I feel like those items really pushed how awesome oh, yeah. flash storage was. 
Yeah, that's basically basically iPod killed CDs pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Like yeah, like have you guys ever opened up a a traditional like classic iPod, mm-hmm. the big fat ones? Is it just they a hard have drive? a physical hard drive in them? Really? Uh, like a wow, laptop hard drive. Nice. That's really cool. That's why for how so much like a, those like got tossed brick. around. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised they still work. <laughs> like a spinning disc? Like it's a spinning disc. disc. Whoa. Gee, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, man, that's why those things are so freaking heavy. You could chunk that on its head and knock them <laughs> out. It's like you a could brick. dent somebody's skull with yeah. one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. sweet. My music's still playing. Oh, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went out listening to Crawling in My Sleep, yeah, exactly. so it's a good death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's optical discs. They have basically died. Like, computers yeah. don't come... Most computer cases do not come with five and a quarter inch bays to read discs nowadays. Yeah, so they're for John's case. Except for John's. Well, I mean, his is also six, almost ten years old. Yeah, he has he has six slots. He can he can put six drives in there. Bad boy. <laughs> I can burn yeah. five CDs at one time. Yeah, I can burn ladies, so many copies ladies. of World of Warcraft for my friends. Exactly. <laughs> so then, uh, that's optical disc. We're we're pretty much done with those. Then yeah. we're going to move on to linear tape open. Uh, so linear tape open, also known as LTOs, is a magnetic tape data storage technology originally developed in the late 1990s as an open standard alternative to the pr- proprietary mag- magnetic tape formats that were available before that. So basically, it's it's like cassette tapes, right? Okay. That, yeah. Those were magnetic tapes. And this is basically a bigger, faster way to store data than on like a cassette player, right? But okay. they are slower than other medias, but they do have certain benefits, which is why they're still used today. And we'll go over that a little bit. Uh, this format is incredibly expensive uh, just because it's the, the type of media that it is uh, and production for it. There's only a couple companies still doing it, so they basically have like full control over that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but its main benefit is for long-term storage stability. So unlike hard disk drives and flash memory, the uh, tape drives do not require maintenance for storing data long-term, right? So hard drives and, and SSDs, you got to like basically maintain them to make sure the mm-hmm. storage is still there <laughs> and that yeah. the drives are still functioning, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, tape drives, they don't need that because of the type of media that it is. Hmm. Gotcha. Uh, it's still used today, but it's only used in very specific uses. It's pretty interesting when I was looking mm-hmm. this up, the certain use case for it. Um, for most companies, even larger ones, cloud storage is actually a better alternative um, thanks to the cost of the tape drives and the specialities or specialties it requires um, to actually like operate it, right? Because mm-hmm. you need people who know what they're doing and yeah, you need yeah. to, you know... They're really, really expensive to own, apparently. It, it um, sounds like this is what the government's using to keep all their secrets intact. Probably. That's I'll be honest, probably. it may like, be, because it's it's not like, a media that somebody could just, like, basically, yeah. you know, jump into the this mm-hmm. quote-unquote server, wherever it's at, and, like, yeah. just plug in and, and download whatever. Writing and reading from the tape drives takes a long time. Yeah, so that's hmm. probably, it's like, the John Wick Continental people are running it. Yeah. The government yeah. <laughs> type of situation. Yeah. It's like it exists and we don't know much about it for a reason. Yeah, exactly. They don't want you to yeah. know. 
Exactly. The truth <laughs> is out there, dude. The truth yeah. is out there. <laughs> Gotta find it, bro. Illuminati. <clears throat> so that's basically LTOs. That's tape drives. Don't need to know any more about it. It's not on the consumer side, right? We don't, no consumers <laughs> use that. you know, the more at risk you are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If I tell you any more, I'll have to kill you. If you're listening right now and your brakes have been cut, we're sorry. <laughs> you're driving yeah. down the road. Check underneath your wheel well tomorrow for a bomb. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so now we're going to jump jump into stuff that you guys actually might be familiar with and, and viewers might be familiar with, listeners might be familiar with. But first, there are a couple characteristics for storage devices um, that we'll go over more in like the pros and cons section for each. A couple All of right. those are latency, failure type, price to performance, and main applications that they should, that are like, good for the that type of media right okay so that's stuff that you kind of want to keep in the back of your mind because we're going to be bringing it up throughout going through um the different types of media and then when we get to the pros and cons i'll bring them back up uh, a little bit more um openly there so <clears throat> let's first jump into hard drives or hard disk drives they're also abbreviated as hdd uh, these are electromechanical data storage devices that stores and retrieves digital data using magnetic storage and one or more rigid, rapidly rotating platters coated with magnetic material. Nice. Say That's... that 10 times fast. <laughs> yeah. As I, I was about to ask you, it's like, who even started this? But I saw that you literally have notes for the history of it because I, yeah. I don't even understand how someone like figured this out. Yeah. Like it, Dude. How... How they figured out computers from the get-go, like, I don't even understand how someone's <laughs> like, you know what would be good? What if we had two magnets? Okay, hear me out, guys. We had two magnets. They're spinning really fast, and then they talk to something else. And they're like, Frank, you're drunk. Go home. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm on a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, get out of my way. I'm going yeah. to save the world. So, basically, to like make that a little bit more digestible, there's a spinning metal platter right in a hard drive. And it has a magnetic coating on it. And then there's a there's a little head, right? Like a little mm -hmm. head. Like a record player. Like a record kind, player yeah, right? like a record player. You know, the, the mm -hmm. thing that you put on top of it and it reads the, the divots in the vinyl. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that head in a hard drive, and there can be multiple of them, will basically scan over the different platters inside the hard drive because there can be many. And it will change the magnetic material on top of it and write the data that way, basically a one or a zero. How how any of that works and how, how they figure that out? Crazy. <laughs> how I can no do idea. that and I can play Counter Strike right now and talk to you guys on Discord because of that is just nuts. Like how the fact yeah. that we can like see each other recording the podcast because some dude back in the day is like, I got an idea to break through. Like okay, sweet, do it, yeah. bro. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts how that that works. So going into a little bit of the history of hard drives so that you can kind of see where they started and then where we're at because it's insane where we're at. Yeah. The first hard drive was released in 1957 by IBM and it was the size of two refrigerators, right? And that hard drive could only hold 3.75 megabytes. Dude. Basically, the... If if you were to basically download a picture of that refrigerator mm -hmm. off of Google, chances are you could not store that picture on this hard drive. 
<laughs> because it would probably be more than three and a three point yeah. seven five megabytes. That's insane. It's like two Xbox refrigerators together. It's well, basically, that's it's just yeah. two Xbox Series X's taped together. That's yeah. that's what it is. It's basically what he invented. Yeah. Nice. So then, jumping uh, back to twenty eighteen, then uh, the latest hard drive had a well. This was back in twenty eighteen. We have eighteen terabytes now. Um, the largest hard drive capacity is 18 terabytes, while the largest capacity for SSDs is currently at 100 terabytes. Now, you know, if we're going to get into it a little bit later, if you already know hard drives and SSDs, you're like, wow, why would people not use SSDs, right? They mm-hmm. can obviously hold way more storage. Yeah. Yes, but they're also way more expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... That's the one benefit that hard drives have, and we'll kind of go over why that is here. Well, well, and also they've been making hard drives for 60 years, so they kind of figure exactly. out how to do it on the cheap, where SSDs are new tech. When we, when we go over the history of flash media, you'll actually be surprised at where that started. Hmm. But the thing is, too, is that my brain didn't really comprehend when you said that the large SSD is a hundred terabytes. I was like, Oh, I have mine's like, I'm like, wait, mine's like one terabyte. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably yeah, have I'm a like, one oh, terabyte wait, SSD. Never mind. I was like, I'm nowhere <laughs> near that. Okay, yeah. never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into the specs of a hard drive, right? Because if you're going to purchase a hard drive, you kind of need to know what to look for. And mm-hmm. this is going to help you understand the specs that are on that product page. Yeah, maybe that hard drive you're looking at that's cheap is cheap for a reason. Yes, exactly. There are some dirty <laughs> tricks. Even So Ooh. with both SSDs and hard drives, mm-hmm. there are some dirty tricks that the manufacturers mm-hmm. try to pull. Yeah, and, they're and like, we'll highlight and they'll color, those. They'll, and they'll color code them to because you think they're trying to help you. Mm. <laughs> Do the color coding? Okay. In some yes aspects, no. the yes color no, coding right? is good, and in some aspects, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's very sus. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so then specs on hard drives hard drives are mainly uh sorted by capacity and how fast the platters spin right so common speeds for hard drives that you'll see on like consumer ones mm-hmm. are going to be uh 5400 rpm or 5400 rpm 5900 rpm or 7200 rpm right so that's how fast mm-hmm. that that platter is spinning on the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then the head will kind of look over that platter and try to find the data. Which which means that's basically the loading times, right? Like loading speed or writing speed. No, that's how fast it spins. That's what it stands okay. for. <laughs> but I'm saying like, but the faster the faster it spins, that's what I'm saying. The faster it spins is technically better. Yes. Unless you're going to get into that. Yeah, yes and no. There's a couple tricks that have been created to try to speed up hard drives other mm-hmm. than the actual speed. spinning disk speed being the determining yeah. factor. Okay. So, yes and no. Like if you if you put completely identical hard drives next to one another and one was 5400 rpm, the other one was 7200 rpm, mm-hmm. 7200 rpm one would be faster. Yeah. But not I all drives you. are are created equal nowadays. Equal. I yeah. got you. So, those are like the consumer speeds, right? Mm-hmm. There are other speeds available. Notably, there are 10,000 RPM hard drives, and these were kind of popular back in the day because Western Digital mm-hmm. released a Velocira- Velociraptor, Velociraptor drive. That's what they Ooh. called it. And it was actually see-through back in the day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, these are super rare nowadays. You can still technically buy them off of Newegg and Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it says it's coming from the Western Digital Store, but I went down into the reviews for it and like people were not getting what they purchased. <laughs> they were mm. like, yeah, it comes with like these extra accessories and stuff and mm. it didn't come with them. And it was it's just kind of really except sketchy. For, it's always nice. Except for, except for Eastern Digital, dude. Eastern Eastern and Western Digital are are in a war. Analog, dude. You got to watch out. (laughs) Yeah. So I, these drives are not like mainstream anymore, right? Yeah. I remember. I remember them. Yeah. You got, did you ever have one? I used to sell them all the time. Well, yeah. You worked at Fry's. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Worked at retail electronics. We used to sell them all the time. All they I were popular because says, back like, in the day we didn't have SSDs, so these were yeah. like the fastest thing out there. Yeah, like, dude, you guys got those Velociraptor drives? I was yeah. like, I they will were probably never expensive. have one because they're expensive. Yeah, they're super expensive. I was like, if I could afford one, of course I'd buy a Velociraptor drive. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and they were see through. It was super as dope. You know, yeah, cool name equals good product. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, it's like it's just even like the Barracuda drives, whatever, which you might talk about. Those are kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's like. Even if they're just regular hard drives, they sound way cooler than just like, oh, this is just a blue. It's right. like, no, I want the Barracuda because that sounds sick. Yeah, and Iron Wolf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Skyhawk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Seagate has some pretty cool naming. To, yeah, I want my hard drive to sound cool, not super lame. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, these drives are pretty rare. You can still buy them today. I would not recommend them. One, because you might not get what you wanted. Two, because they spin so dang fast, they are crazy loud. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All you hear jet is engine. like a, a, a mini jet engine going off yeah. in your case. It's not great. Um, and then reliability uh, is also a factor. Because it's spinning faster, it technically can wear out faster. Mm-hmm. And also because like 10,000 RPM wasn't really adopted by the market. Is there mm-hmm. a reason why the market didn't adopt that speed? Is there a reason why only one company they, really only they, marketed it? Because they couldn't keep up, that's why. Oh, yeah, yeah probably. There you go. <laughs> they probably. were going too fast. <laughs> yeah, because Velociraptors are apex predators, dude. You can't yeah. keep up. <laughs> <laughs> and then past 10,000 RPM, there are enterprise drives that I saw that spin at like 15,000 RPM. And I was like, that's Gotta probably... That's way drones. too loud. They're just flying around the office. <laughs> the PCs are just taking off. Yeah. No thanks. I would not want them. Dude, it'd be so loud in the whole oh, like yeah. cubicles. Yeah. I, imagine sticking your finger on that. Oh, God. Gone. Some guy in his cubicle is like, I have the power. <laughs> you can hear him from like the other side yeah. of the office when yeah, he boots exactly. up his PC. What? What did you say? <laughs> I can't take these calls. I can't hear anything. I'm so fast. So then another component in a hard drive that can affect the speed is the onboard cache or also known as the disk buffer. This usually comes in uh, sizes of 32 megabytes, 64 megabytes, and 256 megabytes. The cache helps. So, what's up? Is that is there a reason that there's that massive jump? What happened to 128? 128 does exist, but it's not used a whole lot because okay. I'll get into I'll, I'll get into why some drives use more okay. uh, more cache. Uh, the cache helps to hold data that needs to be written or read from the platters. Uh, it's kind of like like your RAM in your computer, right? Where it temporarily mm-hmm. holds data. 
Yeah. But it's very specific to the hard drives. Okay. Um, so like the rest of your system cannot access that. It's just built into the firmware on the hard drives to use that as a buffer, right? Okay. And it's only 256 megabytes at most. So like you'll yeah. never, <laughs> you would yeah. never need to use that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't speed up the hard drive technically, um, but it can help keep speeds consistent by pacing out the data flow uh, being written or read to the drive, right? Okay. So because, you know, when data is passed generally by like packets, kind of like internet, so mm-hmm. it'll basically make sure that those packets are evenly paced to the head so that it can mm-hmm. get as consistent of writes as possible. Hmm. I gotcha. Uh, let's see. Cache size tends to grow with the total size of the hard drive. Cache can also be used as a mini SSD in some cases. Uh, we'll talk about hybrid hard drives a little bit later on. Uh, I've, per- I've personally never purchased a hard drive with less than 64 megabytes of cache because I do have experience working on hard drives that have only had 32 megabytes of cache. And I noticed that the hard drive was choking whenever you would hit it with like a file transfer or something like that. So yeah. 64 megabytes ha- kind of seems like the sweet spot for, yeah. let's say, a one terabyte hard drive, right? Yeah. Uh, I think if you get like a 500 gigabyte hard drive, which you should never do, like the price yeah. of, from, of a 500 megabyte or 500 gigabyte hard drive and a one terabyte hard drive is like $10. It's if like that. It's like usually like five bucks. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's kind of like. Yeah, just get the ten, the one terabyte. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, honestly, even if you're buying a normal hard drive, like at this point, you should probably be looking at two or more terabytes. But if you want to get one terabyte, if you just need a terabyte, it's like don't buy anything less than one terabyte at this 2021. Yeah. If you're listening to this, don't buy anything less than one terabyte because you're literally like throwing money away. You are. You you yeah. seriously are. So uh, Jones answering your question a little bit more. 256 megabytes is usually for larger capacity hard drives, like four terabyte, six terabyte, eight terabyte, 10 terabyte hard drives like that. The reason that 128 is kind of skipped is that with that amount of storage, chances are you're doing a lot of data transfer back and forth generally for like NAS servers, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So having that large cache disk buffer there is really helpful for like doing transfers like that. So it's because... In those hard drives, we'll talk about a little bit later on, there's multiple platters and multiple heads writing the data. At so, the same time. Yeah. So it's just like yeah. you're putting more data through it. You're going to want more cash. Yeah. I always want more cash. You always want more always. cash money. Always. <laughs> more, cash, more cash equals more better. Exactly. Um, Throw cash at it. Cash it will get sponsored. better. Exactly. <laughs> That's what EA says. <laughs> So going back to the cache that I, oh, sorry, uh, speeds can also change depending on how many platters are in your hard drive, right? So larger capacities have, uh, tend to have more, um, platters, platters, which means that speeds can be better, um, because you're basically writing to multiple platters at the same time. So, um, this is thanks to having multiple platters that can be written simultaneously. Going back to the cache that we had touched on a little bit earlier, though, there are some drives that have gigabytes worth of onboard cache. Those are called hybrid drives. Have you Mm -hmm. ever purchased a hybrid hard drive? Nope. Um, I was either going to or I have one right now. Are those like 
there there's like are those like the fire cuda drives yeah exactly yeah i i want to say that i have one right now i really i think i do i think it's a one terabyte maybe okay I could be wrong. I think they come I'm in pretty one sure, I'm pretty sure I bought one because it was like faster, whatever. And it was like, it's not a hard drive. It's not an SSD. It's kind of both. Exactly. It's like somewhere in between. And the price was right. Exactly. And Jonesy likes, yeah. Jonesy likes having extra cash <laughs> laying around. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so hybrid drives take the most use of, take the most used data and stores it in that gigabyte worth of onboard cash to try to speed up access times in the future. That's cool. Uh, you as the consumer, right? When you use your PC mm-hmm. and you have one of these hybrid drives in there, you don't see that cache, right? You just oh, see okay. the one terabyte hard drive, right? Wow. Because okay. it, the hard drive is supposed to intelligently learn what data you're using often, and it will try to store as much of that in its like gigabytes worth of cache so mm-hmm. that subsequent accesses to that data will load a little bit quicker one of the downsides though to that system is that it does take a little bit for it to learn what data is used a lot right so say Mm -hmm. you download a game and you want you want to play that game off of this hard drive right because you want faster load times Mm -hmm. okay so the first time you boot up that hard drive it may actually take longer to boot up the first time because Mm -hmm. what it's doing is it's going through the files and it's being like okay we can throw this one in that gigabyte of cache and then these other ones we'll just load those right now we'll save that and then we'll just load that we'll save that one Mm -hmm. we'll let that one pass we'll save that right it's like sorting through the files exactly learning so it's learning it's getting smarter learning clever girl (laughs) (laughs) so then you know the game boots up you close it and then maybe you're like a couple hours later you're like all right i want to play that game again then when you boot it up Sekiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sekiro. Rage quitting and then your yikes. Yeah, yikes on your hard drive. It's like I don't know if he loves this game or hates this game. He keeps (laughs) quitting it. Yeah. Error. 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 (laughs) (laughs) What is my purpose? You load Sekiro and quit it immediately. Oh (laughs) my god. (laughs) Uh, So like the second time you would boot up that game, right? It may actually boot up way Faster. faster, right? Mm-hmm. So then, <laughs> unless it's Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they did actually fix that. I'm sorry, oh, really. A hacker fixed it, and then the devs were like, "That's mine. Thanks, I own this man. now." <laughs> yeah. Thanks, hacker man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then, subsequent accesses to that are are much faster. It ends up being faster than like a normal hard drive, right? Eventually, but the first time, sometimes yeah. it can take longer, and then after that, it's faster. So it's it's a good and a bad thing. If you can get a hybrid hard drive for the same price as a normal hard drive, it's up to you mm-hmm. if you want to do that. I've never purchased one because it's a freaking hard drive. It's going to be slow anyway. I'm yeah. not jazzed about saving five seconds when I could mm-hmm. just buy an yeah. SSD instead and save 30 seconds. Yeah. You know? I, I want to say I got mine, but I'm pretty sure it was on sale and it was like maybe a couple dollars more than a normal hard drive that yeah. price. So it's like, if for that, it's like, okay, if it's worth maybe an extra five bucks for just a, for it to be a little bit faster, if it's like this, you know, a terabyte or two terabytes, whatever, it's like, okay, it's kind of like, it's kind of like getting a, you know, a higher RPM hard drive or something that's, you know, yeah. five, 10 bucks more. It's yeah. like, it's not, it's, you're getting diminishing returns on a hard disk drive because it's a hard disk drive. You know, you're, it's not an SSD or an NVMe, which I'm sure we'll get into and stuff, but 
it's like, hey, if I have the potential to not spend that much more money and make it a little bit faster, then why not? Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's totally preference, obviously. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, I would say if you're actually going for like fast load times, the mm-hmm. the best way is just to get an SSD. I, I yeah, personally would exactly. not screw around with all of these extra storage things. Um, I actually forgot to write it down here, but it's another thing I'm going to touch on. Uh, there is like some flash media that like, I don't know, it's not really dead, but it never really lived. So zip zip drives, uh, zip drives. You what? don't even know what zip drives. I don't are even know what zip drives because we, they, we covered because that they though. Came yeah, in the PC yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they had a rise and fall. They had a, a fleeting like five years of use, didn't they? Yeah, basically they were like it was before like USBs got popular and it was like a floppy disk hard drive yes. that you'd click in and it was called zip drive. You yeah, in, like a little zip adapter. And it was really fast back in the day. And then they're like, Oh wait, we invented everything else and there's like no <laughs> we invented oh, way God, better technology i have ruined i invested all my money in <laughs> drives no yeah, yeah so it's uh yeah hybrid hard drives are interesting i i don't know i just they're, don't they're kind of they're we're kind of already at the end of their lifespan already yeah yeah oh, like yeah. hard drives are on are sort of on the way out they'll always probably have a, a place they will always have a place for yes. mass storage yeah. yes exactly but and it is kind of strange too that there is only one company that has them. Seagate is the only company that produces them. Western oh, Digital does not drives. have hybrid drives. Uh, HGST mm. doesn't have hybrid drives. Samsung doesn't have hybrid drives. Uh, Toshiba doesn't have hybrid drives. Uh, maybe Toshiba does, but I think Seagate owns them. <laughs> Firecuda is like the only one I've ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. That's like definitely the, yeah. If there are other ones, they're like Chinese brand that no one yeah. knows. Yeah, don't buy those. They're, just stealing, they're stealing your data. The CCP owns all of your data. You thought U.S. tax on hard drive storage was bad? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine yeah, China. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you get a fire CUDA drive. You're like, why is half the storage yeah. gone? This drive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not a thing, my, by the my way. My computer's glowing Storage right now. tax is <laughs> not a thing, happening. just in case yeah. you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, I won't be on the test. Yeah, that, that's not on the test. Or is it? Higher mm. capacity drives are often filled with helium which is lighter than mm. air to help with internal issues, right? So hard drives mm. are pretty compact, uh, fitting a mm. lot of platters and heads in there. Uh, and them, you know, writing data, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty tight in there. It's pretty mm. hot. Yeah. Okay. Air creates drag. So when the disc is spinning, you know, it's got to fight the air to spin mm-hmm. fast. Okay. Helium is one seventh the weight of air. So... Filling a drive with helium allows for thinner discs uh, because there's not as much drag that it has to fight, mm-hmm. which allows uh, more discs per hard drive because they're thinner. You can fit more in there, mm-hmm. which means more terabytes. Thinner discs also require less power to spin. And also the fact that the, the air inside is thinner uh, also means that uh, there's less drag, which means they are more efficient at spinning the discs. Like there's so many benefits to filling a hard drive with helium, right? But mm. why is helium a new way to uh, create hard drives, right? Well, hmm. it's taken hard drive manufacturers a long time to figure out how to keep the helium trapped inside the hard drive. <laughs> because like when you blow yeah. up a balloon, right? The helium mm-hmm. is in the balloon. But then yeah. you go back to it a couple hours later or a couple days later, it's, like, it's deflated. 
right? It's like later, <clears throat> yeah. dude. Exactly, because the helium is really good at finding a way to escape. <laughs> because it's lighter mm-hmm. than air, it just constantly wants to rise, right? Mm-hmm. So it's constantly okay. trying to fight its way out of whatever container it's in. So it took hard drive manufacturers a really long time to figure out how to keep it trapped inside for multiple years of use. Okay, Side sidebar really quick. This yep. has absolutely nothing to do with hard drives. I thought we were running out of helium because last time yeah, I there's heard a helium we shortage. Not, I thought we we're just not, like like years ago. I heard that like, hey, we're gonna run out of helium and it's just not gonna exist anymore. First off, helium is like the they... second most abundant resource no. in the entire universe. Maybe in not the anymore. universe. Maybe not well, in, first, in in well. That the was Earth. before we had all these freaking clowns running around making all these stupid balloons because we used to have tons of helium. That's the problem. Bozo shows up. Bada bing, bada boom. Dude, all no of these. Oh my God. It's the McDonald's. Every single one of them <gasps> is run by a clown. Ronald Mc. We need to kill McDonald. him. Kill all of the clowns. That There definitely was a helium shortage. I don't know if there still is, yeah. but there was. I don't. Okay. I, maybe this is. Maybe I need to go watch like a Dirty Jobs micro episode or something. Like, where <laughs> does helium even come it's, from? It's I in the ground. Even... How did that. Well, yeah, okay. and it's, it's also oh, the most abundant. Maybe that's the how the Earth blows in space because it makes it everything rise. Uh, exactly. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Two hundred IQ talks. That's all right. That's how the Earth works. This is why we're doing a PC focused podcast and not a like conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> how is helium? How does how does helium make the flat Earth float? <laughs> yes. Do they believe that it floats, or do they <laughs> think that it's just stationary in space? All right. It's there's a wrong I, podcast. I don't know, but all I know is there's that one, <laughs> really quick. There's that one note where it's like when you go to the, when you go to like a fire convention and you're like, man, I don't believe any of this, and then you hear in the background, take him to the edge. And you're like, ah! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> take him to the edge, and you start panicking. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> they just throw you off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. a normal cliff. Yeah, it's just a regular one. Yeah. They're they're really nearsighted, so they can't see anything past the cliff. <laughs> so you think it's the edge? Uh, okay, so so, uh, so anyways, hard drives. Yeah, so back to hard drives. Um, oh, <clears throat> yeah, so helium is just way better in general. Um, but it was troublesome getting it to not leak out of the hard drive. Uh, and so they they basically only use it in higher capacity drives. One because mm-hmm. of the amount of R and D that they. They, they spent to figure out how to get it trapped in there, but also the manufacturing process for it is more expensive than just a normal hard drive with air inside. So they can charge awesome. more for not only the yeah. technological achievement that they have, but also the fact that it has more storage. All I can imagine it's is a that like, oh, every six months, huh? huh? Every six every six months, you got to bring your computer up here so we can refill it with helium. Yeah, yeah. you got to get it exactly. Yeah, so if you ever wanted sir. your hard drive to go into turbo mode, just fill it with helium. You got to go to party. You got to take it to party cities. So fill it back <laughs> up with helium. Uh, oh, so Pennywise is is the mastermind behind the helium shortage. Ooh, oh, true. true. <laughs> You'll float too. So now we're gonna go into the pros and cons of a hard drive. Right? We know the specs mm-hmm. of a hard drive. Uh, we know like the different like feature sets that they have, different types of them, all that stuff. We're going to go into why you would use a hard drive and why you wouldn't use a hard drive. And if you're looking, if you can see the document right now, the pros is one, and then the cons is like three different things. The rest. <laughs> the rest. But it 
okay, hard drives and SSDs don't really compete with one another nowadays. They complement mm-hmm. one another. So that is something yeah, to keep exactly. in mind with this. And then also, if you weren't paying attention early on with the characteristics that I had listed off before, the latency, failure rate, stuff mm-hmm. like that, this is where I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in depth. All right. Pros for hard drives. Some hard drive capacities. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that. Sorry. <clears throat> Rewind. Rewind. Um, pros. Hard drive capacities are basically at the cost of materials now. Right. So like one terabyte mm-hmm. hard drives are pretty much at the material cost. Right. Yeah. Obviously, they mm-hmm. have some profit in there so that it's worthwhile it's like, to create. But yeah. it's like yeah. it's stayed at about forty five dollars for a one terabyte hard drive for like five or six years a while yeah for a while and it doesn't really drop below that right because they can't Mm. really drop the Mm. press anymore (laughs) and then that's why when you go to a two terabyte hard drive it's like ten dollars more right Mm -hmm. like the the price of the materials is so minimal right now to to the capacity so that is a benefit you can get a lot of data for cheap um, four terabyte hard drives are about a hundred dollars, whereas a one hundred, whereas that same one hundred dollars would get you only a one terabyte hard drive, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, one terabyte times. SSD. So SSD yeah. costs right now, depending on the size that you get, can be anywhere from two times to four times the same price of that same capacity if you were to get a hard drive, um, mm-hmm. instead of a, an SSD. So yeah, it's. Bang for buck. Mm-hmm. Bang for buck. Well, well, and I think, I don't know if you're going to say this, because I, I think this is another pro, is that depending on what you're storing, you don't always need to have super fast access SSD for everything. <laughs> exactly. Obviously for gaming and stuff, it's really good. But if you're, you know, like a lot of us, we have movies, music, just random data that you just have, you know, any kind of just files that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like, you know, editing and video editing and all that stuff. You want to have that on SSD if possible, but just mass storage of uh, movies would probably be one of the biggest things too. Is like that you really don't need to have. You can have that on a hard drive and it's right. fine. And so if you're doing that, I mean, I know, um, you know, I do that too. It's like I have like almost six terabytes of data, and only I think half of that's SSD and NVMe, and the other half is just hard drives because yeah. I just put. All of my regular data on, you know, oh, documents and stuff and pictures like you don't that doesn't need to be on an SSD. It's not really doing yeah. anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that is a pro too for regular hard drives. Oh, 100 percent. And that and that's the thing. Yeah. That's why SSDs and hard drives don't really compete with one another. Mm-hmm. They complement one another. Used, they yeah, have yeah, their strengths. For different things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to go into cons, which is a much longer list, but it's <laughs> it's really just stuff you need to to keep in mind when you purchase a hard drive like jones is talking mm-hmm. about the use cases for hard drives and ssds are different so you have yeah. to keep the these pros and cons in mind when you're searching for a hard drive and and you know you need to know what its use is going to be before you buy it yeah so cons here are um we're going to talk about characteristics here the latency for hard drives is much higher than an ssd right we're going to we're talking about milliseconds but mm-hmm. still some use cases are susceptible to that, right? Yeah. So having a physical head that needs to seek the data on a spinning platter has physical limitations to how fast that action can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, stuff like your um, operating system, it's constantly mm. reading and writing to your hard drive. 
or your storage device that it's on, like your C drive, yeah. it's constantly reading and writing to that drive, even when you're not doing anything. If you're just sitting on yeah. your desktop, it's still doing stuff in the background, right? Yeah. And that can really hamper your C drive's performance if it's on a hard drive, right? I, hmm. When was the last time you guys had your C drive a hard drive? Where you a had while. Windows installed on a hard drive. A long time. Mm, 2009, probably. Before I, the SSD that I just replaced, that was like the first time I put. Oh, yeah. Windows you had that for like 10 SSD. years. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So before that, it was just on a hard drive. Right. So, and the, and the difference is staggering. It's a it lot. is it's a huge staggering. Insane. Right. And that's one of the, the, the things is the latency issue. Because it's trying to do something already just with Windows. And then if you were to like, say you have a game installed on that same hard drive that you have Windows installed on, right? Mm-hmm. It has to pause what it's doing. Like it's doing this in milliseconds, right? It pauses the other yeah. action, does a little bit of what you want, f- works on its previous thing a little bit, works on your thing a little bit. It's constantly going back and forth because it has one minimal, minimal, um, like speeds that it can actually load yeah. the stuff. And then also the head yeah. has to balance between the workloads that it needs to do. Right. So okay. it, it sucks running windows off of a hard well, drive. I worked at computer shops like for many years beforehand. And I hated working on a computer that came in with a hard drive because they would, you know, they would come in and it's loaded with like malware and just it's mm-hmm. bogged down because they download whatever pops up on the screen. Yeah. So that slows it down because all of that wants to write and read to the hard drive. Windows is on there. And then I'm trying to like open just file explorer and it takes like Mm -hmm. 10 seconds to load file explorer because it's just doing so much stuff in the background. It's slowing everything down. Well, I like a simple test that I'm sure that almost everybody has dealt with before when using a regular hard drive. It's like, okay, grab one file and copy, like copy a file to another folder, right? If you just do one at a time, it goes pretty quick. Now go do three or four at a time. It yeah, like bogs they each slow down, down to like 10 megabytes yeah. a second. Yeah, everything. So it's like, oh, if you were transferring at like, you know, 80 before, now everything's transferring at like five, even if right. you're only doing like three files. Cause it's like, I, it's like trying to juggle. It has no clue what right, to do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, or since the hard drive, it's like spinning plates. Ooh. It has to keep going back and spinning the plates so they don't drop. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't drop. Uh, so failure rates for hard drives can be higher because there's physical moving parts inside, which are no bueno when it comes to durability, right? Yeah. So let's say you have a hard drive in your laptop. You pick up a laptop and move it around constantly. Mm-hmm. So that hard yeah. drive, if it's doing something, if it's spinning the platters and mm-hmm. the head is seeking, that movement from like picking up, picking it up and moving it around is... Like they're meant to take some of that, right? But if there's too much yeah. of it, say you drop it by accident, that hard drive in one drop can immediately die. So yeah. there's like there's a physical um like durability issue yeah. with hard drives just because it has yeah. physical parts inside that move around. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and then a newish development in hard drives, hard drive platters, um, is that they're not created equally, right? So inside your hard drive, right, they're constantly trying to figure out how to get more storage in the same amount of space, right? Yeah. And they're also trying to figure out how to do that cheaper because it benefits mm-hmm. them. So platters come in do two different forms, CMR and SMR. 
CMR is also known as conventional magnetic recording, right? That's like the way that the discs are built and the way that it's the data is written. Okay, that's what it's okay. called. Um, This is where data is written to the platter and it's spaced out enough in between the different tracks for the, for the data, because think of it just like a vinyl record where you have the different lines, right? There's different tracks where data can be written on there, right? Rings around the platters. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're spaced out evenly enough that data is written on just one of those tracks. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It works. That's the way that it technically should be. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But you, Obviously, there's uh, only a certain amount of rings that you can put on that on a single platter. So what hard drive manufacturers figured out is that they can basically overlap those tracks a little bit and Mm -hmm. get what's called shingled magnetic recording, which is exactly like shingles on your roof, where they're layered on top of one another, uh, just overlapping a little bit, right? So what that does is it allows them to cram in more tracks because they basically shrink the size of how big those tracks are by having them overlap one another a little bit, which means that you get hmm. higher capacities for cheaper. But the issue is with shingle magnetic drives is that when it goes to write data, it accidentally, well not accidentally, it's, it's made to do this. It writes data on two different strips at the same time. And then mm-hmm. later on, after you're done doing that data transfer, the hard drive will then basically take all that data that it overwrit and then rewrite it on a new track and basically fix the issue that it did purposefully. <laughs> it's oh, like weird. It's like copying your friend's notes and then taking the test later. Yeah, it's I, I don't know if that works hundred like, percent, but sure. <laughs> well no it's like no it's like cop it's like it's copying both like two sets of notes and then later on it's like all right i'm gonna fix this up and clean it up and make it into one set okay then yes yeah yes yeah so yeah it so basically you get higher capacity but you sacrifice a little bit performance on that mm-hmm. and you had uh brought up earlier about like kind of deceitful tactics tactics and stuff mm-hmm Hard drive manufacturers a couple of years ago, like around 2016, 2017, when shingle magnetic drives basically entered the um, market. the market, didn't tell people this. They would sell a one terabyte hard drive that was normally CMR, right? The, the speeds mm-hmm. that everybody's used to, the speeds that everybody enjoys, they sold that. And then they also sold shingled magnetic, one that's slower, the same price under the same name. So people oh, would buy it, cool. right? People would buy a I mean, product, expect a speed that they saw on reviews, and then not get that. And hmm. what it really hurt was uh, NAS storage, right? So mm-hmm. if you have uh, network attack storage and say you have like a RAID setup on there where you have a bunch of different yeah. hard drives that you know are basically set up in a way that if one drive fails, you can mm-hmm. swap in a new drive and then it will copy everything back over to that whole that other hard drive, the new one, right? Yeah. And so that you don't lose data. Uh, Normal CMR drives would take like 16 hours to to rewrite all of the data, right? Yeah. Shingled magnetic drives would take nine days. Like the difference in time was insane. Because it's constantly like writing down something twice and then erasing one part. Exactly. And then doing it again and then doing it again and again and again and again. Exactly. Just it was like, hey, really really bad as i'm walking behind (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) and that's not to say that shingled magnetic drives should never be used 
there's specific yeah. use cases that they should not be used. Any any RAID setup, any NAS setup, don't don't yeah. use them. Any time that the hard drive needs to be accessed constantly and written to and written from constantly, you don't want to use yeah. one of these. But hmm. if you wanted to use it for just like mass storage, if you if say you like wanted to put in an eight terabyte hard drive, right? You can get an eight terabyte hard drive for hundred and sixty dollars because it's shingled magnetic drive when they're normally three hundred. So it's like mm, half yeah. the price. And as yeah. long as you don't use that hard drive every single day, 24-7, you're basically yeah. fine. It acts like a normal hard yeah. drive. Because yeah, once you write listen. it to the hard drive, it'll fix itself yeah. over time. And then when you go to yeah. read that, like say you download a game onto it, and then you go to play that game the next day, right? Mm-hmm. It'll load up just like normal. It'll have normal read yeah. speeds. Okay. Huh. So it like... It just, it basically just, it's like... Hey, if you want to pay less money, exactly. But technically, spend a little bit more time. There, there, there you go. go. Cheaper option. And then something I didn't include hey. here is the the different use cases for hard drives that are denoted uh, by the manufacturers with like different names and then different colors. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to talk about two of them because Toshiba, HG, ST, and Samsung are like they don't really make consumer drives. The main yeah. ones you're you're gonna see on Newegg and Amazon are Seagate and Western Digital, right? Mm-hmm. They both yep. have two separate systems for this. Okay, Barracudas yep. is what Jones was talking about earlier. That's a Seagate drive. Barracudas are mm-hmm. basically like consumer drives, right? Yeah. If you wanted to get like yep. a one terabyte hard drive for your gaming system, you'd probably buy Barracuda. It's like forty five bucks, right? Yeah, that's the best bang for buck. Um, if you wanted to get uh, a hard drive for a NAS system. They're called Iron Wolf, right? Mm. So it's it's to distinguish the use cases, right? And Iron yeah. Wolf hard drives generally will have more cache and higher mm. capacities. You can get lower capacities yeah. because you know everybody's system is different in yeah. the use case, but they have some some features built in that are are used specifically for NAS systems, right? Net, network yeah. attached attached storage, and then they have Skyhawk, which is which is a super cool name. And that's for like uh, surveillance stuff that is like yeah, constantly so being like... written and erased constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to, if it's you like... had it in like a surveillance system where it's recording like yeah. cameras, it's going to constantly mm-hmm. just overwrite itself. So, so the, and usually, and usually those are lower RPM. aren't they? Not? Yes. Yes. Generally mm-hmm. stuff that is written constantly is lower RPM. Yeah. And then they have enterprise stuff, which is like a different name. Don't need to worry about that. You're not going to purchase yeah. any of that. Western Digital has a different scheme where it's colors. Western Digital mm-hmm. green and blue are consumer, right? That's like the mm-hmm. one. To, that's the equivalent to a Barracuda from Seagate. Yeah. For like, if you wanted to yeah. buy one for playing games, you get a, a green or a blue hard drive. Yeah. Red is going to be for NAS. So same features mm-hmm. as Iron Wolf from Seagate. And then purple is for surveillance and enterprise, yeah. I think. And then also, oh, and then black. Black. Mm-hmm. black is like a a faster version of the green and blue consumer drives for like gaming. Yeah. They huh. they yeah. The marketing is they were built for gaming, but it's still a hard drive. <laughs> but it's still a hard yeah. drive, so yeah. Yeah. Kinda doesn't that kind of doesn't really mean anything. But it's like basically as far as what you need to know for that is like if you're going to go build a regular hard drive for your computer, don't buy a purple drive or a red drive right. because those are those should be warning signs. Like those are not for just like your Windows and whatever else. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and then if you're worried about the SMR and CMR situation in like your hard drive that you're purchasing, there was a lawsuit that happened with the the fact that they were basically scamming people out of hard drives because they didn't know what they were getting. And now for the most part, they have CMR and SMR listed in the title. If they don't, yeah. don't buy it. Chances are it's, C- it's SMR, which is the slower version. Yeah. Uh, just look and yeah if you can look on the and box look at the and reviews too see, yeah well and if you look on a box the box in the description or you know if you're buying online and they don't have that yeah then it's like cool i guess i just won't buy this hard drive yeah exactly why is it such a good <laughs> deal uh also if you're in the discord yeah. and, and you're worried about it send me a link i'll figure it out for you yeah we're like literally there's like ton of people oh yeah we're a ton of, yeah know. that's true yeah. that's true <laughs> yeah so that's hard drives that's all hard drives we're now going to move on to flash storage Mm-hmm. Flash storage is data is a data storage technology based on high speed electrically programmable memory. It's non-volatile memory that won't forget the data it has stored when the disk is turned off unlike a computer memory like RAM does, right? Yeah. So when stuff is written to flash memory, it stays on there even after power loss. Hmm. Okay. So that's like the definition for it. <clears throat> I guess. So, a little bit of history. The history of flash storage goes all the way back to floating gate MOSFETs. And I'm sure everybody knows the name MOSFET, right? Like it, as a technical is that, term. Is that a character from Star Wars? I think so. It sounds that's, like That's the place. one that Yoda fights in Cloud City. Oh. Uh, uh, Mos, MOSFET literally is probably a planet or something in Star probably. Wars. Well, well it's, uh, it's Moss Eisley after Boba Fett took mm-hmm. over. MOSFET. Ooh. Nice. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Big brain. Yeah, it's a sequel yeah, that okay. never got released. I, I swear I've heard of this, but I have no idea what it is. So MOSFET, like, I basically, whenever I think of a computer, like a MOSFET is like a, okay, you know that like weird black rectangle that has the metal prongs that stick out of it? Do you remember ever seeing mm. those? No? Okay, never mind. Like, That's like, a MOSFET. Like, like, cattle, pr- like cattle prong? I don't know what that is. Like electrocute, like electrocute. No, 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 no. It has like it basically looks. It's a as a black small rectangle, and it has metal feet that come out of it and stick straight mm-hmm. down because it it basically slides into holes oh, on the motherboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a I better way to describe that? No, yeah. It looks like a little what I would call like a little circuit, but that's what a MOSFET is. That's what. John, yeah, that's what John, a MOSFET look it up is. Real quick. And then we'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Right, but but to people listening, is there a better way to describe that? Yeah, so basically it looks like a like a comb. It looks like, like a, a comb a black... or like a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, so think of like a little like black circuit with like teeth coming out of it, like Yeah. Yeah, or a comb, pretty much. Yeah. Or if you're listening to this, uh Google MOSFET and then you'll know what it <laughs> yeah, looks like. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's probably recommended. <laughs> yeah. So basically flash uh storage dates back to uh MOSFETs. Um reading the Wikipedia page, like the history on it, it basically was like, yeah, they started out back in the day and just over time they got they got smaller, cheaper and faster. <laughs> okay. And and kind of more specialized in what is needed for it because you could okay. also say that flash memory like your your the flash memory on your computer RAM is mm-hmm. like the same technology, right? It's flash mm-hmm. storage, yeah. but just a different type. So they got specialized mm-hmm. basically. 
The different types of flash storage are SSDs, memory cards, and flash drives. And then also like volatile memory like DRAM and and stuff like that. Yeah. We're only going to be talking about SSDs because flash drives and memory are pretty self-explanatory. Like it's, yeah, yeah, I think everybody's used those before. We're only going to be talking about SSDs because that pertains to gaming and computers. (laughs) And that's like the interesting stuff. So diving into SSDs and their specs, we did cover SSDs a little bit in our Motherboard 101 episode when we talked about the M.2 uh, mm-hmm. slots on, on motherboards. Yeah. Um, but we'll start with the older technology and the specs for that first. So SATA came before NVMe, which mm-hmm. is the faster storage type that you can use in an M.2, but it's not specific to M.2 because you can also use SATA on M.2 drives. It's very confusing. It's not user-friendly because when you look up an M.2 drive, you're like, oh, these things are fast, right? The the weird little like flat yeah. sticks, they're the fast ones, right? Yeah. No, you can get a slow one. <laughs> the, the RAM that's not RAM. Is this good? Exactly. It has this. Yeah. Why is the why are the why are the prongs on the wrong side? <laughs> why is it not working? If I press hard enough, it will fit, right? Yeah, I almost and I'm glad you're talking about this cuz I I mean, I got some help from YouTube, but I almost made this mistake because it's very very tricky with all the numbers and everything. I'm like, "Oh, M.2 or NVMe, like, oh, it's just faster." Mm-hmm. But like I almost ended up buying one that was basically the same thing as an SSD. Like a it's SATA just, SSD. It's just it's yeah. just a very deceptive SSD. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the word SATA and the word NVMe uh, define the... I have it written down here. They define... Um, there's a good word for it. Let's see hmm. here. It's not... Somewhere. Yeah, it's not the, the protocol, but it's like yeah. the, the way that... Controller? No, it's like the way that data data is transferred. I cannot think of the name right now, but basically yeah. they're like, they basically tell you how fast it can go, right? Yeah. Because SATA I has a max you. speed. Yeah. NVMe doesn't necessarily have a max speed yet because we haven't reached mm-hmm. it, but SATA does, yeah. right? Well, it's and it's just like like Cat five or like Giga, like you know, oh, your yes, Ethernet exactly. cable can only give you this 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 is your max speed, right? It has its limits to max speed. It's a yes, exactly. So. SATA and M.2 are the physical mm-hmm. connectors. So SATA made it really yeah. easy because they're like, oh, uh, the SATA port, you plug in a SATA drive and it runs like the SATA protocol or whatever you want to yeah. call it. I can't yeah. think of the word, right? Yeah, serial ATA. Exactly. So they're like both the mm-hmm. same thing. They fit together. It's like Legos. They, they It just works. The yeah. square goes in the square hole. M.2 yeah. was like, oh no, you know, we can also have SATA drives on... Uh, but you can also have an yeah. M.2 stick also run SATA speeds. So it's like, and cool, like, thanks for cool. making this way more confusing. Why would you do that, <laughs> you monster? Exactly. It's a new standard. It should be faster, like consistently. Yeah. But they decided no. Yeah. So uh, we did talk about a little bit. SATA, the SATA connector and the SATA protocol tops out at around 550 megabytes real world speeds. It says it tops out mm-hmm. at 600 megabytes. I've never seen the 600 yeah. megabyte SSD. I'm guessing due to like overhead in like the data transfer speeds, it tops out at 550. Yeah. So if you were to get that two and a half inch like 
laptop size SSD, right? Yeah. The one that mm-hmm. have been around yeah. for like 10 years, right? That's running SATA. That can top out at 550 megabytes. Whereas if mm-hmm. you get the the weird, um, oh, that's what we called it before. The gumstick drive, mm-hmm. that yeah. can run NVMe, which uses the PCIe bus to transfer data. Yeah. So it basically uses the same type of um, transfer. I don't want to get this wrong, but like the same transfer technology as like your graphics card does, right? Mm -hmm. The way your graphics card talks to the other parts of your system, exactly. It uses PCIe lanes to do that. And what that does is it allows the uh, storage devices to talk directly with like your your chipset and your... um, your yeah. CPU and stuff like that. So speed, the speeds can be much faster, right? Yeah. And I, and I know that I've talked about this before and we've brought it up before. Cause I had this issue is that one thing to look out for too, is that if you're going to put NVMe or M.2 drive, it can very easily disable some of your PCI express lanes. Cause you only have so much. Bandwidth well, it'll, it'll disable your SATA. Some of your SATA ports yeah, because SATA it's, ports. Yeah. it's using that. It's, um the those PCIe lanes for mm-hmm. your faster drive that it has. For data transfer right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. So whenever you're like me, it's like and you want to have eight hard up, drives. Uh all of the components and being like, oh, because mm-hmm. you want to use this faster one, we're gonna like disable these two because we need that power. We need that power. Yeah. So I had like six normal hard drive, like SSD mm-hmm. and just like regular hard drives. And my M.2 drive just rolled up on them and like, wow, <laughs> they're dead. And that had t- they took them out. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's a little drive by and they're like, these are our lanes now, son. <laughs> like, oh, dude, what the heck happened? Yeah, so that is something you do have to look out for. Um, that is usually like, if you, if you use a certain M.2 drive, that is usually said in your motherboard manual yeah, yeah. about what mm-hmm. gets disabled when what is used. And usually you only go look for that when your hard drives don't work right. for some random reason. Yeah. Yeah, which is how I found out. So if you're listening to this, hopefully I save you some uh, grieving in the future. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like random if they disable your one and two SATA ports or if they disable your mm. five and six SATA ports. Yeah. It should disable your five and six SATA ports because technically you want to use all of like the... F- you basically want to use it one through six if your motherboard has mm-hmm. six SATA ports because one is going to be priority, right? And if you have like yeah. your SATA SSD connected there, it's going to try to boot to that one first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually got an M.2 recently and I had stuff plugged into five and six and I had to move them to one and two just because the one and two were in a different spot on the motherboard that I didn't want to route yeah. cables to. So yeah, it's it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Peace of mind, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It it really doesn't matter, but it can cause issues sometimes. So um, NVMe uses the PCIe bus to transfer data, which supports much faster speeds than SATA does. Currently, the fastest drive that we have on the consumer market is around 7 gigabytes per second, which is insane. Going from 550 megabytes to 7 gigabytes, that's gnarly. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that is not the max that NVMe can support. Um, currently, the M.2 connector, like the slot on your motherboard, only yeah. uses four lanes of PCIe. 
So mm-hmm. that tops out at eight gigabytes per second. Okay. Wow. And I'm pretty sure seven gigabytes for a drive is topping that out because again, there's like overhead and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you were to uh put an an NVMe drive into like let, let's say like an 8x slot or 16x slot, the same type of mm-hmm. slot you would put a graphics card into, the really long one. Yeah. You would obviously have to get an adapter for that to put an M.2 yeah. on there, but you could go to like 16 gigabytes per second or 32 gigabytes per second if there's yeah. drives fast enough for that, which yeah. is just it's insane. Wild. And if you want to like yeah. do a RAID setup on them, you can, yeah, it's, it's gnarly how much data you can transfer now. Uh, yeah. PCIe though is dependent on what version you're on. Currently, we're in a transition mm-hmm. period where we're moving from 3.0 to 4.0. 3.0 tops out at 350 gigabytes per second. So that is something you have to look out for. Again, if you do have... Wait, three, 3.5? What? You said 350 gigabytes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Three, yeah. three and a half like, gigabytes whoa. per second. Okay, yeah. That's what I meant. My bad. Dude, these numbers no, blow my mind. It's just all this how, stuff is just... How fast that stuff can transfer? Yeah. John's face is sagging. Right now, like half of his face is just. I just stroked out listening to like. (laughs) (laughs) He's just he's just reading the show notes, and there's so many numbers. Just like, well, I know, like for the PCIe, all that stuff has always been so confusing to me. Like, yeah, it's they don't make it easy. No, no, no. M dot two and NVMe, like to me, I'm like, I don't know what is what, and it's very easy to it's very easy to buy the wrong thing. Because it's not like SATA, at least for a long time, it was easy. It's like, oh, if you have a SATA port, you can plug in a SATA drive. There, it Exactly. Works. It's like USB. It works. It's universal serial bus. Thank you. NVMe is like, yo, look at this. Yeah. We got this. It doesn't work with anything. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the nice thing is, though, that even though you may not get the full performance from putting in the wrong... Yeah. Uh, like putting in a 4.0 SSD into a 3.0 yeah. slot or a 3.0 motherboard, yeah. it will still yeah. work. It'll just max out yeah. at whatever your PCI 3.0 it's maxes be, out yeah. at, you know? So like, yeah. it's still going to be fast. That, that is the nice thing is that it's backwards yeah. compatible. You just don't get the full performance out of it. So even if you yeah. buy the wrong thing, you're not screwed. When you upgrade in the future, yeah. you know, chances are you'll just get extra performance out of it. So that is kind of nice. Okay, <laughs> going on to a little bit more parts that are in an SSD. Every SSD has a controller. Uh, this is a mini processor mm-hmm. on the SSD that controls firmware level code um, and is one of the most important parts in determining the SSD speed. So although the controllers are usually never listed on product pages, if you're worried about like what controller you're getting, all you need to do is look mm-hmm. at the speeds that are listed on the product page and then go down to the reviews and see if people are actually getting those speeds. I gotcha. So uh, a controller, you know, it's, it's basically controls the data coming in and out dictates, you know, where everything's going to go, stuff like that. Um, That is very important. And some people like Samsung drives, they use like really high end Mm. stuff. Some people are like, I need to get the same controller that like the Samsung drives have, but I don't want to pay the premium. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the same speed as, as the Samsung drives. Like it's, and 
And that's what you mean, like whatever you see on the box, it's like right read speed five hundred, right speed right. four fifty. That's the what the controllers actually can doing. Yes, essentially. Okay. There, there are some. Um, no, actually, yeah, that is that is the main thing, because the like, name so when, flash, like the difference yeah. in those, is more so how much data can they store in each cell inside the NAND flash. I gotcha. But that's what I'm saying. So that's why people are like, oh, I have to buy Samsung Evo drives right. because they're the fastest on the market. It's because they use a premium, really good controllers. Which And that's true. And I, I think my main argument, not necessarily against that, which I've always told people, is like, okay, when you're using M.2s or NVMe or SSDs even, it's like, yeah, I understand if you want to use like the fastest thing on the market but you're also getting diminishing returns at a certain point. Yeah. If you're paying like double the price to get an extra 50 megabytes per second, then you're doesn't like to me, it's like, okay, that's a gigantic waste of money. Yes. I, but I mean, I'm also, I wouldn't say it's a waste though. of money. Cause you do get something from it and you are like yeah. probably using the best of the best at, at the moment, but you do definitely, it's not yeah. like the, the best bang for buck. And it's like you said, diminishing returns at, at a well, certain point. Well, and and if you're asking me, I'm not the right person. <laughs> you're to not. Ask. The, like, yeah. I'm true. I, well, that's the thing. I will tell you what the best bang for the buck is. Yeah. Because like even for me, I have uh, NVMe two drives, and they're like the silicon power. Like they're a little bit cheaper drives, and I think they're around like they're around like seventeen hundred or two or two thousand read and write. Which like yeah, they're not three thousand. They're not the fastest thing yeah. on the market. It's like, but they're also probably like fifty or sixty dollars less. And to me, it's still like four times faster than SSD. So it's like a win win. It really if is. You, so you, and I mean, everybody's builds different, and your budget and all that stuff is different. It's realistically, it's like, if you think about it that way, it's like, okay, I could buy an SSD for this price, or I could buy an NVMe, and it's going to be four or five times faster for around the same price. It's not the top of the line, but it's still right. going to be faster. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Unlike hard drives, where they basically have capped out at like how fast yeah. they can get, SSDs yeah. are still pushing the boundaries of how fast we can go on on those devices Mm -hmm. so yeah when you when you go to purchase something just look to see how fast that the read speeds are but yeah also buy from reputable brands and even some Mm -hmm. reputable brands do pull this next move so another part that an ssd should have but does not need is a dram cache so similar to how a hard drive has that small like couple megabytes of cache yeah. on it, an mm-hmm. SSD also has cache on it, but the cache okay. works differently, and it's called DRAM cache, and it's it is literally a desktop like RAM memory on the mother mm-hmm. on the the PC hard drive uh, on the SSD like PC oh, okay B PCB. PCB. Yeah. And basically its job is to just map out where the data is saved on the NAND flash, right? Mm. Because there's a bunch of different chiplets on your your SSD and data is going to be stored randomly on there and then also SSDs will move data from one cell on the flash to another cell to make sure that they're degrading at the same speed. Because the more a cell okay. gets used, the faster it degrades, right? So it's constantly moving okay. data. So it needs to keep track of where that data is. That's all the memory on the on the SSD is used for, right? Hmm. So some hmm. SSDs, which are not listed, uh, they don't have DRAM on them. And basically what that uh, means is that the controller 
will look through every single cell on the SSD to try to find where that information that you asked for is. And it can have well, severe penalties on read and write speeds. Performance. Well, it'd be like the same thing if you turn on your computer and you don't have RAM, so, you can, so your hard drive has to figure out all your system settings again every time. Yeah, that you can't do that, but yes, it would essentially be the same well, thing. I, I yeah. know the answer to that. Your computer yeah. doesn't turn on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John found out. And John knows because his computer, his RAM wasn't plugged in. I do like how didn't work. as you're describing this stuff, the only thing we can, Josh or Jones and I could say is just, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Wow. Dude, I'm, I told you earlier, the more this, is, you know. this is a boring topic. <laughs> it's not boring. It's just, it's, it's like I said, heavy. Well, it's, it's, I don't know any of, of this stuff. So this is literally me like learning all this stuff too. <laughs> it's like, feel like you're learning it at like 11 o'clock at night after you've worked all yeah. day. <laughs> like, you're yes, like, I don't, I will retain all of like, this. I don't know if I feel smarter or worse now. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know some of this. My examples are not really good, but I'm trying to give good analogies to the layman. Nice. I, it's I like, appreciate yes, you. that won't work at all. But if that could work in a magical land where you're <laughs> from, then yeah, that's exactly what I would be in Narnia. Yeah. So the, basically with the DRAM cache, it's not listed just like the CMR and SMR, like different platters for hard drives is not listed or it is now, but sometimes it isn't. DRAM cache, straight up not listed. On those pages, yeah. it is not listed. And reputable brands do this. Adida, SanDisk, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Team Group, Team Force, whatever it is that, that makes mm-hmm. PNY. Yeah. At, like SSD companies do this. And it's really, really frustrating because you have to straight up look up reviews for it, not the reviews on the page mm-hmm. because people don't know what they're getting, right? People who buy yeah. an SSD that's DRAMless, they'll be like, ah, it's an SSD, it's fast. Right, because they don't yeah. know exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, you have, they're not testing it and all exactly. That they're not testing that. it in the right way that would actually show the issue that you would encounter in the real world with it. So you have to physically look Dang. up reviews on it, or at least go down to like the questions and answers section on the mm-hmm. the product page and type in DRAM and see if people have answered the question of like, yes, this does. No, it does not. Oh, uh, so what you're telling me is you got to do homework for this D scam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was our, that was pretty good. I'll give you that right, one. You. That was all right. Okay. I'll, all right. I'll that was all right. I'll take anything I can get at these days. <laughs> so let's quickly go over pros and cons for SSDs. Uh, SSDs have a lot more pros than they do cons. So it's the total opposite of hard <laughs> drive. What do you know? <laughs> it's almost like they're better in almost every yeah. aspect if you have the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So SSDs are the fastest storage medium that we normal consumers currently have. So that's a huge plus. Mm-hmm. That's why you want yeah. them. Um, even if you don't have the money to get, uh, if you even if you don't have the money to like only have SSD storage in your computer, at least spend a little bit of money on a smaller storage size SSD. Mm-hmm. I would personally not go below probably 500 gigs at this point because mm-hmm. I have found out that if you do any type of like content creation, um, mm-hmm. it packs your C drive full of like temporary files. Yeah, it does. So yep. you can quickly fill up that that C drive because it's where Windows is. You know, a lot of programs default mm-hmm. to installing there. Yeah. And so get like a 500 gig SSD at the minimum and put your OS on that and then get like a big hard yep. drive for like your games, right? Because it's going to be cheaper. If you mm-hmm. get like a 500 gig uh, SSD and then a, a one terabyte hard drive, it's going to be about the same price as yeah. a one terabyte SSD. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, if that's where you're starting out, that's it's fine. totally fine. Like, don't feel bad yeah. about that. Don't feel like you're, you're not like in so, the, the PC master race because of that. You have an SSD as you boot drive. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and even that, that's the thing too, is like hard drives are probably one of the easiest, if not the easiest things to upgrade in your oh, computer. Oh, it's so easy. It's literally plug in a new one and boom, it's done. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like, there's always room to add more stuff to your computer. There is. Yeah. There is. Um, so yeah, at least get it so that you can put Windows on it because it will mm. improve the speed of yeah. everything you do on your computer. It's night and day. Literally the night reason night. it improves is not only the read and write speeds, but also the latency on an SSD, super low, unless you have a DRAMless mm. cache SSD, which mm. is no bueno. Um, so for latency-sensitive tasks especially like running an operating system on it, SSDs are great. And with a new development mm. of direct storage from Microsoft, that technology allows your GPU to have uh, direct access to your SSD to load in game assets. So that's a new technology mm. they're rolling out with Windows 11, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Only with Windows 11. And currently, mm-hmm. it does require at least a one terabyte NVMe drive to work. Wow. And okay. and the the read and write speeds we don't know yet, but I would assume they're going to match at least what the Xbox Series X has, which is I think it's 250 gigab sorry, 2 and a half gigabytes per second on that SSD in the Xbox Series X. So, hmm. it's not the fastest SSD out there, but mm-hmm. it is a faster SSD and for 1 terabyte NVMe drive with that speed, you're probably looking at about maybe $110, $120. Dude. I'm just thinking about how like how computers are and how many people, even gamers, use computers nowadays. The you know, like the average hard drive now is like maybe an SSD. Like if you're just like get all the people in the world that have computers, no. it's like probably not even an SSD. It's, probably not it's yet. just like a normal. It's hard getting drive. there. It's it's getting there. But I'm saying for for people to get to a one terabyte NVMe drive, it's going to be like 10 years before that's like standard close to oh, the yeah. average standard. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be like forever yeah. before that happens. Yeah, Because 10 it's, years ago, uh, 128 gig SSDs were like crazy good. <laughs> yeah, I remember exactly. That. Yep. I mean, I, I bought, I bought my 100 gig SSD. That wasn't even like the fastest a data. Yeah. And I got it. It was like on super clear. It's because someone had returned it and they couldn't get it to work. Because somebody had installed a Mac OS on it and they didn't know how to format oh it back to gosh. Windows. Oh my gosh. So they sold it to me and uh, it was like a clearance. They were just going to like get rid of it. And I was like, how much is it? Like, oh, it was like 50 bucks. And I was like, sweet. This is like a $160 <laughs> hard drive. Yeah. So I just like put it in, went to management. And I'm like, oh, it's just, just has like it, yeah. journal journal OS or something on it. I was like, journaled, yeah. Yeah. It's like, all righty, cool. And I kept that hard drive for like nine years. Yeah, that's really good, man. I actually just had two SSDs fail on me. Both were SanDisk. Big yikes. Yikes. Eight out of for the win. Yeah. So, you. like, I mean, they were good. I mean, the one did last me five years, but still, like, I would expect longer than that. Yeah. But whatever. Well, let's be honest. The same shadow companies making all these oh, hard drives. Anyways, okay. Really hard matter. drives? <laughs> uh, plot twists. Uh, HGST is owned by Western Digital, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Toshiba owns Seagate, or Seagate owns Toshiba. Yeah. One of those. I think Toshiba owns Seagate. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's it's all they're all in cahoots. Dude. <laughs> they're all in cahoots. They call up. They're like, "Hey, how much are you gonna put your price at?" They're like, "Say all right, same, yeah, same, same." Nestle <laughs> owns all of them. So 
Yeah, Nestle owns all. <laughs> and you know who owns Nestle? Disney. <laughs> uh, so then the last pro that we have for SSDs is SSDs don't have any moving parts, so they're pretty like movement resistance. You can basically, yeah. I wouldn't suggest it, chuck an SSD across the room if it's <laughs> like already plugged into something and working, yeah. and it'll be fine. As long as it doesn't have like electrical damage to it, for the most part, the SSD will continue to work if it's tossed around, which is really well, nice for laptops. Have you ever used those um, the SATA the SATA cables that have like a little metal click? It's like click, it's like clicks in instead of just when you plug it in, it like clicks and locks in there. It's like the yeah, cables. but they don't help with the fact that there's spinning parts on the inside. No, no, no. I'm saying that's what they're for. You click it in there so you can like swing it around. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah. You swing it around like a uh, yeah, like yeah. a ball it's and like chain. A, Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lasso. Like a lasso. Situation. Yeah, you you do that to uh mm-hmm. to uh kill Gal- What's Get his name? David and the Goliath. Goliath? There you go. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Killed- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's late, man. All right, cons for yeah. SSDs. Price is the biggest thing. That is the biggest con to SSDs currently. Like I had said before, with hard drives, they're like two to four times yeah. the the price when it's like mm-hmm. comparable um storage sizes. It's yeah. pretty, pretty insane. And, and it scales up quite. It, yeah, not it's not a linear scale where it's like, oh, one terabyte is uh, 100, two terabyte is 200. And then like three mm-hmm. terabytes and four terabytes is like 600, whatever. It's yeah, like it's like eight terabyte SSD is like a thousand dollars. It's not it's linear like, at all. It gets wild. It's pretty drastic. And then also a con that I have for SSDs is that DRAMless cache is issue manufacturers are not making that easy enough for normal consumers to figure out what to Mm -hmm. buy. Generally, the cheaper drives are DRAMless cache. Generally, Mm -hmm. the drives from brands that you've never heard of are DRAMless cache. So if you stay away from them, you'll probably be fine. Mm -hmm. Or just, you know, just like everything else, do do a little bit of research about it. And just like, hey, that (laughs) deals aren't deals for a reason. Right. Like yeah, you know, <laughs> there's a reason they're cheap. Yeah, it's like, they're not, why they're is not this forty dollars cheaper? <laughs> yeah, no one. Yeah, no one's trying to give you anything yeah. better for cheaper. That's not how. That's not how businesses make yeah. money. And then there, yeah. uh, I had thought of this a little bit earlier when we were going over uh, hard drives. There is another type of flash storage that is fairly new. Intel created. It's called Optane. It's somewhere in mm-hmm. between super fast NVMe storage. And mm-hmm. how fast your your uh, desktop memory is, like your RAM, right? It's like the yeah. in between. It's the in between uh, speed for that. But the problem is, it was crazy expensive to make. Like one terabyte of Optane memory was like I think a thousand dollars or something <sighs> like that. Wow, moly. yeah. But <laughs> it was super fast, super low latency. So. Mm. It was it's like Sonic. Yeah, it it basically I would say it uh it came out way too early it, for its like mm-hmm. time in development. Yeah. I feel like if it had a couple more years and maybe we'll see a, re- a return of it. Um it yeah. it'll probably be way cheaper per terabyte basically. Yeah. So, and then it would actually be like a viable competitor to SSDs, I guess. That that it's so like um what was it? H H D D V D. Yes. And so basically it came out and it was it was it came out too soon for its time. Yeah. 
and then Blu-ray obliterated it, and then Blu-ray doesn't hardly exist anymore. Right. Exactly. Well, Blu-ray yeah. still exists for consoles. <laughs> Yikes. So that is true. We're we're gonna talk about data management really quick. I didn't have a whole lot for this. I basically just wanted to to go over what the ideal backup situation is, right? Like if you have a lot okay. of really important data that you do not want to lose, this is how you make sure you don't lose that data. Mm-hmm. The secret to not losing data is have multiple different backups. Yeah, um, pretty much. But have different backups at like different levels of security, right? So the first one, the most easiest one is to just have like a local backup, whether it's like an external drive that you plug in every once in a while, yeah. or it's like another hard drive that you have in your system, right? The yeah. external drive is nice because it's offline. Once you unplug it from your system, yeah. it's not susceptible to electric shocks. It's not susceptible yeah. to malware because it's unplugged. You know, it's, it is nice in that aspect. Yeah. The problem is if it's an external drive, it's, maybe a spinning hard drive which is susceptible mm-hmm. to physical movement right yeah uh, and then also somebody can just steal it yeah <laughs> which would suck <laughs> um and then the second layer of protection is to have another local backup but have it be completely disconnected from your main system so it would be like a home nas system network attached mm-hmm. attached storage so it's like a separate system that is mainly used for backing up Nice thing about this is that you could technically have programs set up that will automatically back up the data onto that net- network attached storage, right? So then it's like peace of mind. You don't have to worry about it. Problem is it's connected to your network. Chances are it's going to be online. So it yeah. is technically susceptible to viruses and someone getting onto your network and doing stuff. It's also plugged into yeah. your your house. So if you have a house fire, you lose not only your first data like on your system, yeah. but then you also lose that network yeah. attached storage that's in your house. So mm-hmm. third way to back up your data is to have an... Wait. What's up? Wait, sorry. Before you go to that, I don't know if you typed this because you meant to, but in the show notes you typed, and I don't know if John's... I typed it. You uh, automatically? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like you don't okay. you set it and forget it. You don't have to think about like doing backups again if you have a program that does it no, automatically. No, no. I know, but you you said automatically, and I'm reading automatically, and I'm like, I don't know which part is the typo, and I cannot stop staring <laughs> it's at automatically. This word. It's, it just works. Google is trying to correct it, but it can't because it's too good. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. Third, third backup. Yeah. So, uh, say you have a house fire because you're mm-hmm. you're overclocking your computer, <laughs> and it yeah. and it blows up. <laughs> Uh, having a a remote backup is ideal in that instance, right? Again, mm-hmm. you can have this set up so that it can automatic automatically back up your data, and you don't have to do anything. Super nice. Um, mm-hmm. problem is with local backups and remote backups, something can still happen at both of those places. Um, mm-hmm. and if if it's connected to your first PC and you're connected to that remote server all the time technically something can infect that server too right Mm -hmm. so then another layer of backup is to have a cloud backup and this is like the last one Mm -hmm. right this is like the most expensive as well you pay for the storage at like a big cloud service and have them Mm -hmm. 
keep your data safe. Because what they do is literally their job is to protect your data. Keep it safe. Make sure it's always Mm -hmm. there. Keep it infection free. So they're constantly going to be scanning. They're constantly going to be like swapping out hard drives in their own systems that are Mm -hmm. failing and making sure that they don't lose any of your data. But you have to pay for that service, which is pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the layers of doing backups. If you really want to keep your system safe. Bug me about that every second of my life iCloud and one OneDrive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we we literally for the podcast use it for Google. We use Google Drive and we pay for we pay for storage. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. We pay for storage yeah. because we. But have Jones all of our and I also have local backups of all of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that way, whenever I die in a fire, you'll at least have backups. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Google Drive. <laughs> whenever my really cheap Chinese DRAMless SSDs explode. explode. Take my legs out, look like Dan. <laughs> so that's that's all I have for storage and data management. Somehow right. I managed to stretch it out. <laughs> like this is going to be a quick episode. Said no one I ever. Said, we say that all the time. Podcast. We talked about Sekiro yeah, for no. too long. Maybe. Hey, I also we also told you. John and I looked at you, you're like, hey, this episode is going to be pretty short. And we both said, why did you say that? You've just cursed us. <laughs> Literally just, just want to give the, the people more uh, content. Exactly. That hey, that's what the people keep asking True. for. So if you want more content, uh, we have a couple of questions to answer really quick, and then we'll end this whole shebang. So I will read the first one because it's really funny. This is from our buddy Coco Moco, uh, the king that returned. He was gone for a while and he came back. And he said, Have you guys ever had a CPU virus? If yes, explain how you got how you got it and got rid of it. And come to find out, after much confusion, he meant just a regular computer virus <laughs> and not an actual CPU virus, because no one had any idea what he was talking about. But it was really funny at the time, and he was like, oh, CPU is like your processor. I meant just like a PC virus. Wholesome. We're all like, I don't... So wholesome. Like, yeah, wholesome. We're like, how did you get a virus on your physical I know. I thought he was, we dude, I thought he was like talking about some like crazy... like like. Like, big whoa. brain stuff like your hardware yeah. is like specifically targeted i was like oh my god no <laughs> this never Dude, happened to I, me please i, I has it happened to you happened. <laughs> yeah um so i'll answer real quick um i honestly i don't remember the last time i actually got a virus that affected my computer uh i'm sure john and dakota are probably gonna say the same thing i really don't run any antivirus other than malware bites every once in a while but i also don't download anything that i don't trust from the get-go if you're just randomly downloading stuff that's on random websites that's how you get viruses don't yeah, download use firefox and have an ad blocker yeah. there you go that's like there's 99 percent of your problems gone like i haven't used an antivirus for years yeah. and years and years but i also know how to use the internet so if you don't know how to use the internet go ahead and get a antivirus i guess just don't get norton or mcfee because they're both garbage yeah i know get a free one that's why they exist it's been a while since i've had one but uh, I I've always used a vast antivirus. It's free, and they have a they mm-hmm. have a boot time scan that actually like it reset it research your computer and it scans your entire computer and that's always found anything if I've had it. But like like Jones mm-hmm. said, don't use your computer for things you're not supposed to, and you won't get viruses. So um, yeah, don't try to pretty... hack the NSA, and they won't try to hack you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that, that's everyone's like, oh, apples don't get viruses. It's like, well, neither do. Microsoft PCs, like if you, as long as you don't <laughs> click on it, yeah, as long as you don't go to yeah. things you're not supposed to. But yeah, I know the boot time yeah. scan's always been one to find everything, or malware bytes has found stuff that I've, but, yeah, uh, it's been a while. 
I, I, even as a kid, yeah. I don't think I ever downloaded a virus on my parents' computers. Stop all the downloading. Stop all the downloading. <laughs> I'm a computer. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, I think the time where like LimeWire and Napster was going rampant oh, yeah. and like, like torrenting and stuff like just became a thing. That was like the wild west of everyone's computer had spyware and malware. True. There's so much stuff built into like your browser and everything to block all that stuff. Like you really, you really have to, I feel like try. It's like if someone random email sending you an attachment, don't, don't click it. on it. Don't, yeah. Like, no one should be sending you attachments in 2021 anymore. Like that's not nobody really a wants thing that to happens. send you their three million dollars and you get a cut. Yeah, nobody Nigerian wants to do that. Prince. You know who I feel bad for? Real Nigerian. <laughs> when they need for help, he's like, I have no all this. Answer their call. Like, have, yeah, he was like, I have all this charity and no one wants to help me. I have all this mu- piles of money yeah. here. And I, I just want to give away. it away. I know. Feels bad. All right. All right. Next question uh, is from Monkey mm-hmm. on the Discord. He asks, what side of the line are you on when it comes to uh, PC gaming? Are you on the toxic side or the good side? Occasionally, I think we all cross over to the other side at one time. Uh, We have had our bad days of getting spawn camped. Sometimes it pisses us off, and other times we just laugh it off. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, When I was a kid and growing up, I was super toxic all the time i actually met jones being toxic in a counter-strike game i was not the person he wanted to play with back then but i actually had like my i mean, we've said it multiple times i had my like detox moment playing cs when we were streaming back in the day and that video is on the internet so <laughs> the mental breakdown yeah that's what it's called so um that, after that i really haven't see- yeah. felt the need to be toxic or i haven't really gotten pissed off at like an online game i mean it always sucks like to lose to- but i'm not like breaking stuff yeah the toxicity like poltergeist demon dude like, left, literally like, you can see body. it at one point like, i'm like literally. sitting back in my seat and like i think for a second i just like like something left <laughs> yeah, my body it, like, it, like <laughs> yeah. toxicity monster. yeah i know uh All right. for me i'm only usually toxic to myself but and I'm your not... and your mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm not usually one to talk like to to be toxic to other mm-hmm. people. Um, I'm usually just pretty to myself. Every once in a while, I'll say something if I get really mad, but it's nothing like crazy or terrible or yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. But then I remember Counter Strike Source, and I but that was back in the day. It was. Yeah. Um, but I used to go on servers just to piss everybody off on purpose like we would we would go on servers just to piss the admins off and do things we weren't supposed to break all our rules just to piss them off and then they'd be like who did this and you're like i don't know and then we would just we would ruin (laughs) we ruin games for everybody on purpose and and then i remembered i used to do ventrilo chat uh like uh i'd go to random ventrilos and i would uh uh, spamming them and stuff to get banned i used to do that too so i mean i've had i've had it but now i don't usually uh-huh. say anything if i like i said if i do it's more of like like it's nothing like crazy or anything i'm not like mm-hmm. you know nothing really that bad it's just if i get a little angry but yeah um i think oh definitely i Dude, there's some there's like an obscene amount of Counter-Strike sorcerers that I'm banned from. <laughs> that was like my thing. I would go and find like, oh, what are your rules? Okay, I'm going to see how quickly I can break them and how fast you'll ban me. And the admin would be like, hey, dude, you just need to calm down. And I would like lose it. And like 
to me, that was not only playing the game and like being decent at it, but then also just like being like a jackass. Well, I know that was like kind of my thing. For I know a while. one of the best tricks was, was like, uh, pictures, the sprays in the game. Oh yeah. Obviously, there's stuff uh-huh. that they don't want sprayed in there. But most servers didn't like some servers had a tracker that if you could look at the picture and it mm-hmm. says who sprayed it, but a lot of servers didn't have that. Yeah. So you go run and yeah. spray it and run away real quick, and then one of the admins would find it, and they'd be like, "Who did this?" And they'd be like, "Well, we find who did it. We're gonna ban you." And like, you're like, "Teehee," and then you run away. <laughs> uh, I remember one thing we used to do back in the day is we'd find random ventriloquist servers because it's like, oh, for like big, you know, oh, this is like. These people, maybe they host like 10 different Counter-Strike servers. There's tons of people in there. So you'd find a Ventrilo server, and then you would go in, and you'd find people playing a game, and you'd leave Ventrilo, and then you'd change your name to one of the people that was in there, or like one of the admins, and then you'd join back. And then you'd go in there and be like, hey, you guys need to cut it out. And just like, and the people like freak out because they think the admin's like, hey, I'm going to ban you guys if you don't chill out. And they're like, what the heck is going on? And then... And then it just gets worse because then the real admin shows like, hey, who are you? Why do you have my name? Uh, like, this is what? awkward. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go <laughs> oh man yeah there's it used to be we would i mean after a couple of years i remember we would troll people on uh twitch and we were not nice that was i re- oh. that was stuff i regret because yeah. it, a lot of the times it, it was just wholesome people and they were just like hey i got like five people watching me and then we would just be so toxic hey Hey, sometimes we were. Sometimes we'd end up actually just talking True. to someone and making no, the day yes. better. Not all the Not time. Not all the time. We actually Some, did, like, hey, when we would go in time- and we would kind of test the water and we'd be like, okay, are yeah. they going to get pissy or are they going to be, like, just really wholesome mm-hmm. that, like, people are watching them? And then we actually yeah. watched a couple of people for a while because of that. But still, I, yeah. I still felt yeah. bad about some of the other things. I mean, as a kid <laughs> growing up, you're, like, trying to figure out, like, what type of person you want to be what? growing up. And yeah. generally, you get your toxicity out then, and then uh, after that, you feel a lot of regret. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the day and then that's that when you I, know you're I an mean, adult when you are just full of regret. Yeah, I think the I think the the day that I finally got, I mean, there's every once in a while I'll get upset at a game, but I feel like I'm not really as toxic yeah. anymore unless I'm playing like Overwatch. Um, the day I felt like I got rid of that, the same way you got when playing CS:GO, was when I uninstalled Rocket League. Because I got banned from Rocket League all the time. <laughs> yeah, we did. So much. I was getting banned from Rocket oh, League yeah. left and right. Well, like, the voice chat never worked, so I had to take my frustration out in, in text chat. <laughs> nice shot. Nice shot. Yeah. Nice shot. It's like, <laughs> well, it's not even that. The one time like, I said I hate macaroni, or, or like some somebody on the other team was like, uh, it, it, their name was Macaroni, and I was just like, Macaroni sucks in, in text chat. Yeah. And I was just messing around, and Rocket League banned me for that. And I was like, okay. <sighs> All right, Rocket League. They're like, how yeah. dare you disgrace the name of Macaroni? <laughs> Lord Craft is mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lord Craft. He's like, what is this? Sir, we printed it out as fast yeah. as we could. <laughs> we banned him. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, in general, like, we're all pretty chill now. For the most part, people are chill yeah. unless, you know, come in there when the guys are playing Sekiro or, you know. I'm playing anything remotely competitive, and then no, because when I play league with you, you start, you start. I'm not telling this. I'm like, please don't, just don't say anything. It just makes everything worse. <laughs> don't, don't say that. I know, I love it. So good. Hey, League of Legends is a game that, even for me, I feel like there's some games which you guys might agree. I feel like there's some games I literally have like PTSD from. League of Legends is that game for what me. What do you mean? It brings out the worst in me. Like League of Legends instantly makes me want to be like, oh, I've. I hate 
my life. I am depressed and angry right now. I'm not sure what's yeah. happening. I also get it's that like, way when you guys boot it up in Discord, and I'm I'm just <laughs> listening we, to you. When we play League, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, it's. I think it's one of those things, too, if you've played a game so much that you like know... You know the systems, but you can't use them to their fullest, like... Yeah, like you know what you should be doing and you know if you're making mistakes and then you start getting upset at yourself for making mistakes. You know like, oh, I died right there. Yeah, the only reason I did is because that's my fault. Like I messed up something, so that's not to get into League too much, but like that that game is is just it it can get so bad because that one mistake, you're like, I just lost the game. I just lost the game and we're only five minutes in the game. And I I know (laughs) I know this mistake or this event just lost me the entire game. And it's so hard to pull back from that. Your mind. It's just like, just got to let it go and just keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, something like CS, you have a bad round. You're like, okay, reset. You know, we got to buy new guns, whatever. League, it's like, I just lost five minutes into the game and I got to play another 30 minutes probably just to lose. And you know it's gonna happen, and your team's like, "Oh, good job, idiot!" And you're like, "Oh, that's no. why." Nice shot. Nice shot. Nice shot. Or whatever. I just yeah. hate the entire game because it's like nothing I see is gonna make me any happier, or you know, it's just gonna piss me off. <laughs> They're not like, "It's okay, man, dude." John, I told you. I think I don't know if I told you this the other day. Literally played a game with Zombie, Witty, and TNT, and a bunch of people that are brand new to League of Legends, basically. And we went into like a really early gank in the jungle and the enemy team was like hey i'm not even mad that was a really good play like good job guys and i was like who am i playing with what is and like four people on the team like wow we were really impressed like we're in shock we i don't think we moved because we're in shock that that happened like that was a really good play good job guys and i was like what game am i playing is this league of legends i was like i was like either these guys are like 200 iq trolling me or they're legitimately newbies i'm not sure what's happening i don't know all right John, where can people find us? Well, if you did like the content today, we do post every Monday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Cowboy Time. Uh, and if you really like the content, please check out us. On, check us out on Patreon. You can find us if you type in PCMR. And then you can go to our website if you really, really, really like us to look at look at all the goodies on there. It's PCMRcast.com. And on the, bo- uh, the bottom of the webpage, you can contact us, email us, uh, there's a form on the bottom, and then you can find us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Discord. Nice, nice. nice. Did you guys learn anything specific a today? Lot. Can Every... you regurg- regurgitate oh any of that? Um. Well, honestly, uh, Jones stopped com- scrolling up. When it comes to <laughs> hard drives, which I'll probably never buy again, but when it comes to actual hard disk drives, I always thought that the 7200 just meant it was the best one. Okay. Um, hmm. I always, I mean, like you said, Jones, you're like, oh, that's the fastest, it's the best. I was like, that's exactly what I thought too. I mean, that's usually a bigger yeah. number means bit better product, right? So, so um, I didn't know there was cash sizes in it. I didn't had no clue. Funny thing, I speed tested all of my hard drives that I have in my system. So I have a four terabyte and a two terabyte, and they both get like mm-hmm. about 160 ish megabytes per second transfer, which is like pretty standard for a hard drive. And then I bought that one or that uh, eight terabyte NAS drive, which is the hard drives in my system spin at 7,200 RPM. The NAS drive that I have for my uh, Plex server spins at 5,400 RPM, but it's an eight terabyte. Mm-hmm. That gets 250 megabytes per second oh, wow. speeds. Reason being is it's writing data on the eight on the multiple platters inside um, at the same mm-hmm. time. So it's able to like write faster. 
and read so it faster. Have 256 cache, and it has 256 uh, megabytes of cache. But cache it's really the fact many. that there's so many platters that it can write and read from at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you really want to spend 300 bucks, yeah, you can get a fast hard drive. But that 300 bucks can also get you like a two terabyte SSD. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, probably way better money spent. What was your favorite thing that happened in this whole thing, John? What was your favorite part of this episode? Mm-hmm. when it ended <laughs> uh, let's see i don't know i, I that was just a cool this, fact that I, I just had no clue about uh oh, the, oh, oh this this wasn't a trick question there was just one answer hmm i know i liked learning about the linear tape which i didn't know was a thing and never even heard of it, it that, like it does sound like nuclear launch codes tapes that you see on the movies <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like I got the microfilm. We yeah. gotta go. <laughs> or it's like, or it reminds me of like when they're like, they're like, we're getting a code, and that little uh, paper yeah, comes out, like, and they're like rolling through yeah. the tape. <laughs> oh no, the Cuban Missile Crisis. What are we gonna yeah. do? But I, I like this stuff because it, like I said, I I don't know anything about these other than I just pay for them and put them in my computer. I pay them and they do things. Um, yeah. and it's kind of yeah. cool because I, and you know, you always see the old memes too of uh, old memory devices like that ginormous. It might have been that two yeah. refrigerator thing that I was putting in the back of a tractor trailer truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There, I'm pretty like sure that's the famous picture. It up, and it's like this is two hundred fifty six <laughs> megabytes. Like, yeah, cool. um, <laughs> and the fact that even like in my, you know, all of our lifetimes, the fact that uh, I remember when USBs came out and four gig USBs were like expensive and now they hand out eight gigabyte flash drives when you pick up like a happy meal they're like hey here's an eight eight gigabyte flash drive here's a piece of crap exactly here's some (laughs) e-waste throw the trash (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think okay well you want to you want to know the answer go ahead dakota you might know the answer uh yeah i think the answer is if you guys are paying attention that um it's illegal to flash memory your hard disk drive in public (laughs) 